Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Yes, it is post Monday. It is pre Wednesday, aka it is <laughs> Tuesday. I don't know where that came from, but it did. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Sports take Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks on this. Uh, man, we are cranking down. We're almost there. Today is June 28th. We all have two more days left of June, and all of a sudden it's July, and man. Does it go fast? Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. What's up, fellas? Summer, summer goes too fast, man. I mean, you know, you know where it came from, Rob? It came from your inner being where you're stuck working with two class clowns on a daily basis. <laughs> you are finally starting to act more like us now than like yourself. I'll be fishing and, you know, before you're grilling, right, before listen, you know it. Well, uh, let's not get crazy because I don't think you should be near a grill I after agree. putting charcoal on a dang ass grill. <laughs> I don't think you want me near a grill or a boat, actually. Dude, I don't want you to come here with no eyebrows on your, no, in no. the front of your hair. looks like mine. No hair at all What's up it? here. What is that smell? Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Call him kerosene, you know, Rob. <laughs> Fire Marshal Bill, uh, the old uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, my God. No Let me tell you something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marshal Bill. Let yeah. me tell you something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How great was that show, by the way? That was a great show, man. Bro, that, it, it, oh, my goodness. It brought us... It brought us so, so many things, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Jennifer Lopez. You know, oh. it brought us that, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> what? Think what? about the. But no, think about the, the fly careers girls. Launch. Well, yeah. the fly girls. Yeah, the careers it launched. Right, Jim Carrey, yep. Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox. Yep. J Lo was like a bit player, just a dancer. Yep. She wasn't even in right, the skits. Right, right, right. And, and guess who else was a part of the fly girls? You guys forget about who? Paul Abdul. That's right. Paul That's Abdul. Right. And she was a Lakers cheerleader, too, back yes. then. Yes. During yes. the Showtime Lakers. Yes. Yes. How about that? It was the good old days, man, when Straight TV up, was real me. TV. Yes. When TV was family entertainment. Now, even even primetime programming, you have to determine, hey, man, my kids can't be watching this mess, Bro, man. I saw titties at, at 1 o'clock. Wait, you can't say that, dude. You Hold can. up, man. Gee, you can. But yeah, what happened? Where? Where? <laughs> Wait three minutes I, I in the show. I'm you already TV. get us. But I'm just saying, I, I was watching straight up TV, man. Like, like it, this wasn't even like cable. This. It wasn't even cable. It wasn't even cable, dog. And and, and right there, you know, I'm like, yo, what is going on? Now, he said this. What happened? Barrett's gone. I can't, I can't believe he said what he said. Where'd he go? FCC kicked him off the airwaves. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, you, oh my you got to be careful, man. You can't be saying that stuff, dude. Wait, he's back. Got now, me what happened there? What happened there? You got what me happened? exited. I don't know uh, why you guys exited me because I said titties. I didn't exit. You can't just stop. Would you stop? <laughs> My fault. I didn't exit. You can't say that. I don't, I don't know what happened there. But anyway, yeah, you're right. It is crazy. It is crazy now. What, In the middle uh, afternoon. How can you see? Just go to the – look, just go to the beach, man, and look at what's what's happening. Uh, oh, I, I, look hey, at the board when, you to, when you go to the beach with your family, you got to walk like this. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I don't see anything. I'm not seeing anything. I know you want to look. I know you want to look. That's my wife says that. I know you saw it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I know you saw it. I'm like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm 
<laughs> yeah, we're in some we're in some interesting times, man. That's for sure. But hey, look, I might be dumb, but I ain't stupid. Christy, <laughs> adult programming, day, yeah. sports take. Yes, you, you are correct, nah, Chris. Man. It is it's what could be one of those kind of days. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris. What's Chris. up, Chris? What's, What's up, up Randall? Yeah, we got we got everybody. We got everybody hanging out with us. I well, see you all in for... the. Uh, I see hungry hungry Python. Now we lost Derek. Right. Well, I don't, I don't know, what's... know what's going on. I like my. I'm, I'm looking at. I don't have the chat. Why don't I have the chat? I don't know what's happening, man. I don't know what the heck. Is I don't going know on. what's going on. I don't have the chat. I what honestly don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not even playing, man. I don't know what is now. Gunner's back. <laughs> Am I next? On? Am I going to get the boot next? I don't know what's happening. What, what just happened? I don't know, bro. I, I I don't even have the chat. I can't even see the chat. Yeah, same here. I can't see my chat. I was trying I to get the see chat. the chat, but I don't know. I really don't know why you two just hey, went bye bye for a second, bro. I, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, Daggone Xander took the parental controls and amped them up. That's what happened. I can't give even see our, the chat, man. Give us our parental controls back, bro. Yes, come on, Xander. You're messing up, dude. I don't think he knows either, honestly. In the private chat, he said he didn't know what was going on. But what's up, Mama Brooks? Mrs. I can't Brooks even get the private chat. My mom. Hey, mom. Yeah, I don't even get the private chat. Me neither. Me neither. Uh-oh. Now Gunner's gone again. All right, we're having some – are you still there, Bear? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I – this is gonna be one of those days today, man. I, well, I, I know what's know. going on with I'm doing D Gun. What happened with D Gun? He sees uh where the private chat where we're supposed to log into the private chat and yeah. log in and sign up free sitting. All right, so we're having I happened. think there's some technical that's, difficulties. Yeah, that's what's uh, hey, so man, this is a bizarre world. I'm not touching private chat, I'm not touching sign up free. I ain't touching nothing else. Yeah, so you see the same thing I'm seeing too. Yeah, I'm not it says I, I, private chat instead of I mean it says us log in and sign up free instead of the way to get to the private chat. Right. So. Uh, Xander's on it. He's on it. He knows hey Bear, something's up. Barrett, you notice that Rob can see the private chats and Rob can see the the chat room, but you and I have been blocked. I wonder why that is. You right. really think what I want that? you guys? I want to be soloing today. Is that what you think? Oh, <laughs> I wonder, think again. <laughs> I wonder why Rob has all this access and we don't anymore. I do I enough do solo like radio shows. I don't need a solo uh, sports take. Bro, how me. do you do that, man? Because I mean, I, I listened to you over the weekend. I know. Man. I mean, it's like for four hours straight, you just sitting there talking to yourself. It's a lot. I tell you, you know, it's weird and people. People don't believe it because I get the initial reaction is like, dude, you're not out laboring. Give me a break. But when you, when you do get done, yeah, you're fried. You're fried. Like your brain is, you're not right. Like you're like, like, especially if I'm, if I'm here, like I got to hop my car if I'm doing the show from WIP or whatever. But when I'm, when we're doing the show here from the home studio, like there's a minute, I got to go upstairs for a minute and just kind of like decompress. Yeah. Recalibrate. Yes. For sure. Yeah. It is what it is, man. But it, it's no, it's fun. I, the the there's a, it's there's a beauty to being solo because you, you do whatever you want. But the curse is, it, you know, it's you're talking to yourself for a while too. So it's that's why I like hanging with you guys. Make yeah, but you know, it. but you know what though, you have a lot of callers too. That helps. See, True. it'd be great if we get callers and debate callers. I mean, you know, some people just you know they don't have anything to say. They just want to be seen. But we, you know, we get some interesting comments, and I would love to sit and debate people and ask their opinions. Uh, I would say, careful what you wish for. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, no, I'm kidding. As long as um, they keep it clean, you know. Unlike Barrett, who's using the words that you don't use in the family. I, no, I hear you. I gotta ask you. Let me ask you guys this. So, Fourth uh, of July is Monday, right? As I mentioned, we're almost out of June yeah. now, which is crazy. So we have Fourth of July Monday, Fourth of July weekend coming up. There's a lot of things that go along with Fourth of July. Grilling, obviously. Uh, people like to get away to the beaches and, and, and do their thing. There's parades in towns, which I think is great. Yeah. Civic pride and all that good stuff. One of the things that accompanies 
4th of July is fireworks. Yes. Where are you guys on fireworks generally? I'm not a fan. When when my kids were younger, yeah. we used to run down to the beach or run to a place and watch fireworks and they were like everybody else. Ooh, ah. Uh, right. Now in the development I live in, I don't know where they're doing it, but they have fireworks, you know, flying all over the place. So I just sit on the back deck and watch the fireworks with my grandson and stuff, and that's yeah. good enough. It's well, not as elaborate good. as the beaches and stuff, but it's good enough for me. We know last year I was in the backyard, man, and I actually lit off fireworks myself. I went to Home Depot and bought two of those big boxes. Oh no! They were lighting fireworks in the backyard, bro. It it it, it was almost bad too because oh, no. the, the kids wanted to do it. You know, what I'm saying teenagers, you know, they do stupid stuff anyway, so they were trying to mess <laughs> around with it. You know, but it was it was fun though, man. But this year, I think we're gonna we're gonna go to uh we're gonna watch it off. Like, was it Penn's Landing? Oh yeah! Oh okay. yeah! That's fun. That See, is actually fun. I would never do, do really that because then you got to get out of crowds, in and out of crowds. I ain't doing it. I'm not well, doing I'm not that gonna be in the crowd. I'm, I got my pontoon. I'm gonna jump on a pontoon. Oh. And while I'm watching it, watching while the kids are watching that, I'm gonna drop a line in the water. Maybe I'll catch a couple of catfish, man. Or carp. Or carp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, things Nasty that eat dead carp. bodies. <laughs> so I, I so I. It, by the way, it's really good if you go to a ballpark. Like the Phillies do a great job with their fireworks too. Yeah, but yeah. I when I was a kid. There was a there was an older he was probably like a teenager or maybe like early twenties and I'm talking like when I was like four or five and I still right, remember right. this. This dude, what what are the like the sticks like the big ones like the, the anyway this kid this guy ended up like Jason Pierre pawling himself. Okay? What? Yeah. So I'll never forget. Oh jeez. Like and I'm like he was literally I think missing three fingers on his hand. Oh jeez. I mean, that just planted a seed with me with fireworks. Like, I don't ever want to touch them, number one. And, you know, it's like the problem you have, Barrett, you, I, I, I know this wasn't you, but there's so many, like, hillbillies who are just doing their own right. thing, man, <laughs> that it gets sketchy sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> a, lot dudes, a lot of dudes freelancing, if you know right, what I'm right, saying. Right. You, you, you know what I mean? And that's where it's just it's sketchy. You know exactly. what I mean? You know. Yeah. Set trees on fire, the neighbor's yeah. yard on fire, all that yeah. stuff. Pets are scared to death. You know what I mean? It's bro. I, I literally had the fire, uh, the uh, the yard hose sitting right there. You know, no. with, the, with the with the spray gun. All I had to do was, yeah. you know what I mean? And what if one of those rockets took off and went through a neighbor's window or something, dude? That's what I'm saying. That's exactly. <laughs> what I'm saying. That, that that water hose ain't gonna help your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, you, you got a lawsuit. Yeah, uh, uh, our T for Tuna agrees, man. Catch fish, no fingers. Uh, yeah, right, it's, yeah, it's man. Hard, man. Catch a so fish, what's no up, fingers. bro? Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, I don't. It's just not my bag. Whatever. I get people are in there. Like I drive past that one, Derek. Like out, going your way on ninety five. Yeah. Yep. Uh, before right before like four B where Delaware Park the exit is. Oh There's yeah. A big yeah. fireworks place right there. Yep. On the left, if you're yep. headed uh, south. I mean, I'm sure they have unbelievable stuff, but it's just never – it's not my thing. Same here. Uh, you're not talking about the one right at the state line, are you? No, no. You're already There's another in one right at the state yeah, line. Yeah, it's right on, right on at the edge of, like, Wilmington and whatever that yes. becomes there. Yep. I mean, maybe, are there a place know. you can buy fireworks from? Oh, yeah. yeah, if, oh, you, yeah. if you drive down 95, right at the state line on the Pennsylvania side, if you're driving south on 95, look to your left, and you'll see this big fireworks place. Now, here's the thing. There's certain fireworks that are allowed in Pennsylvania that aren't allowed in Delaware. Right. And and the story goes, now I've never had, I've never had, I've never bought fireworks there. And I don't know anybody personally as have to, but the story goes, you would have cops sitting there on the Delaware side 
because people will come up from Delaware, get right off the and, and buy fireworks and turn around and come back. Uh, Cops would take take and take the fireworks and find them. State buy lines. Fireworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they you know, technically you're not supposed to transport liquor that way either. No, no. Because I know a lot, a lot of my oh, oh, yeah, a lot, a lot of people go to Delaware. A lot baby. of my friends go down to Delaware. That's right, from Pennsylvania to get That's their. That's right. Uh, it's like two dollars cheaper. Their cocktails. I'll just yeah. put it to you that way. Yeah, you can yeah. get it way cheaper in Delaware. See, yep. if you didn't drink, you wouldn't have this problem. See, <laughs> it's not you me. Have, you, have worry, you know, you wouldn't have to worry about sneaking across state lines and breaking the law. All right, Father John, Mr. Brooks, I'm a habitual line stepper. Right. Yeah, just, hey, that's, that's why I don't drink, man. I, you know, I ain't got to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, all right, so guys, headlines. Uh, Bryce Harper will have surgery, but yes. the Ooh. good news is it looks like he could be back by as as few as six weeks. Well, it's mm-hmm. at the end of end of August. Is uh, I heard. That I'll take that. That's eight weeks. Me eight too. weeks plus. I'll take that. I'll take I, the end of August. I'm gonna tell you this though. I I really think they have enough to get them over. There. I mean, I understand you know even with Bryce Harper, they're only what two games over 500. I get it, but you know there are a lot of guys that aren't playing up to expectations. So I don't think they're dead by any stretch. I really no don't. no no no. If that pitching holds up and Schwarber keeps setting the tone the way he's been setting the tones, yes, they'll be in good shape. Yep, you know that's it. It's it. It, it. You need. You just need a little bit. You need help from Castellanos. You need help from Real Muto with the bats. If they keep pitching this way, they will. They will keep themselves in. It'll be interesting. Let me put it this way. It'll be interesting when he gets back, if that's so, the case. So who do you put in the four hole now? That's a great question. He used. Um, it was Sunday. He used uh, Gregorius. That I mean, he doesn't have a home run this year. So it, no. he's gonna have to figure something out. Maybe I would. I wouldn't mess with Schwarber. I'm keeping him JT? exactly where he is. Uh, yeah, JT's an option. He's an option. Maybe, maybe you drop Reese a little bit. I don't know, man. I consider putting Schwarber in that four hole. I, I really would. I Derek, understand. I'm a big if it ain't broke. He's know, killing it in the leadoff spot. I know. I but know. I'm just saying this also, Derek. You know, you got to yeah. think like this, man. You move him, maybe they pitch to him differently. It's true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. But when you talk about the dude who's the hottest, the hottest bat in your lineup. And he's just crushing it, you know. Crucial situations, man. That four, that that number four hitter comes up with men on base, you know. Sometimes he'll get an intentional walk. You definitely are pitching him differently that could generate a walk, or you know, a pitcher pitches so fine and he makes that mistake and he jumps on it. I'm telling you, I, I don't know, uh, yeah, but you know, I, I don't disagree with you guys. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But man, the way Schwarber is swinging that bat right now, woo. Yeah. Well, the good news is we have Ricky Bow at twelve thirty. So Ricky Vitalico is going to join us. Ricky Bow, baby. Ricky Bow. We'll talk all things Phillies with Ricky coming up. So uh, shockingly, and Derek, we talked about this. Barrett, I knew you weren't with us yesterday. Oh, by the way, how'd you do? How'd you do in Andre Reed's uh, touring? Bro, I, I mean, I actually the guys I was playing with are, are, were pretty good golfers, and um, I learned a little bit. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. By the, by the, uh, I would say by you know. After playing 18, just before we got it, I say right around 16, 15, I really started hitting the ball, hitting the ball well. Like, had okay. a little control with it all, you know, command with it, you know. So, they sure. changed my swing up a little bit. And, uh, I actually enjoyed the tail end. Usually, I'm just sick of it. and, and You're done. Ball, yeah. You know, and I, I'm, I'm mad because I got, you know, I, I, I'm not great at it. So, I mean, I'm still an athlete. I'm still got that competitive state of mind. And when I can't do something, I don't even want to do it. I'm like, huh. yo. 
I'm, I'm done with this. Who, uh, who pl- I know it was Andre Reed's tournament. Um, yeah. What yeah. other names, any other names that we would recognize? Green. My boy Tommy Maddox was there. I saw Tommy. Tommy Maddox. Wow. Yeah, my, my, my old wow. quarterback from the Steelers. Um, <laughs> wow. Who else was there? Uh, I didn't really see a lot of guys. Guys there. I mean, the celebrities were down this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, oh, man. I, I say there were like three Hall of Famers. Kelly was there. Jim uh, Kelly? Yeah. Okay. Um, no kidding. John Randall. Well, that's, a, that's some good names. Um, John yeah, Randall. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Some really good yeah, names yeah. right there. So right, maybe good. A, couple, a couple of basketball players. Um, uh, what's the name? Bo Kimball was there. Bo oh, yeah. Kimball. Yeah. Yep. He was there. Okay. So you got a couple guys there. Good man. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you had fun and, and glad that uh, your, your game's getting a little uh, getting a little stronger. That's good. That's will good. you will you be participating in ten or twelve more charity events this summer? No, no. I have I have one more that I have to uh, do. Okay. That's in mid. That's in mid. Um, it's July. Mid July. Mid July. Okay. It's the one that's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Okay. It's for it's for uh, cancer. Breast cancer at that. That's what you should have said off the top of the show, man. Trying to get us kicked off by the FCC. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what the heck is wrong with you, man? You can't be saying the T word on a family program. Oh, Mark. God. All right. So, uh, <laughs> you got no home training. <laughs> that's unbelievable. And Mrs. Brooks is listening, too. You're in trouble. I know. Uh, and his, yeah, his wife, his mom, his daughter. I'm telling you, man. Barrett's going to be grounded today. He's not going to be allowed out of the do, house. Do you, right, walk, right. do you walk around oh, saying the T word at home? I'm already grounded. What'd you do now? I didn't do anything. My grandson, yes, you did. My grandson was mad at me last night because we. First of all, I took him with me to this uh, golf tournament. So yesterday, oh, nice. we got up at uh, five in the morning. Oh Ooh. my goodness! So I had to cut his hair and get him out the door by six o'clock. Drive all the way down to uh, Bethlehem, PA. Got there and uh, played golf until like four o'clock, five o'clock, and then stayed for you know. And then um, after that. We um we came back to the house. You, you did. Did you have TV too? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, no. okay. I took off of that too. So, and um, I ended up. He gets he he comes home. He eats and he goes straight and plays video games to like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. Man, he's got a lot of stamina for for a little dude. How like, old is he? Six. I'm like, yo, dog, it's time for you to go to bed, man. You know, if you're tired, he starts crying because he was playing his mom in the video game. I didn't know he was playing his mom. But I say it's time to go to bed. He and he goes, you know, he gets, you know, crying. And she just says, baby, what's wrong with you? Oh, you want to come home now? Because I said no video games. Oh, boy, you you about to get it. You about to get it, boy. You you call yourself telling on me? Oh, look. Oh, oh. I'm Papa Brooks. I'm I'm your mom's uh father-in-law i'm your dad's father you know saying don't have me talk to them too uh-huh. because of you he was you like s- he goes uh, you, you, you the boss i'm like yes i'm the boss <laughs> he said no you're not sanji's a boss you're not the boss there I, she wasn't a part of this conversation i know but i'm just saying you're lying to the kid you're lying to a six-year-old I didn't because at that time that she wasn't around, I was sitting right. He's there. the boss at that time. He's the boss at that time. Right. So I'm sitting there and uh, he got you know he told his mom, "I want to go home." I said, "Oh, you want to go home? Okay, then pack your stuff up. Let's go. Pack your mm-hmm. stuff up." Now I want to go home now. I don't want to go home now. I said, "Oh, okay. I thought so." <laughs> but yeah, yeah. If you told on me and everything, I'm like, "Okay, then." So he thought that he was gonna be able to you know get them to make him play the game. No, he might not play the game today. There you go. There you go. Oh, no, no, no. The you boss. can't do that to your grandson visiting. He can't wait to visit you all summer. Now you laying down a law like 
like you Pelican Bay or somewhere. Come on, man. Oh, he's you not can't here be right doing now. that. He's not here right now, so I'm not talking to him. He's Look, not here right now. So, so he's six years old, right? Yep. So, first of all, you woke him up at five in the morning. Yep. Then you put a clippers to his head and, and buzz his hair. Yep. Then you drag him to a golf tournament with a bunch of old dudes. He has no kids to play with there. Right. No, he kicked it. He kicked it though. Uh, that's not no. He but he had candy. He was getting candy from the from the old ladies that was there. He was he had ice cream galore. He got as much ice cream. He ate he ate actually four ice cream novelty ice creams that you have. He ate oh, yeah. four of them. The good humor. He oh had yeah. Four different ice creams while he was there. And then four. you cut his video games uh, time short, right? Yeah, because it was time to go to bed. And you threatened to send him home. No, I didn't. He wanted to go home. Okay, but then you said, okay, pack your stuff up. Let's go. Yeah. Didn't so, change his mind. So basically, you traumatized the kid for most of the day. I traumatized him. He traumatized me. What about me in this whole you. thing? What do about you, me? Do you curse at him like you curse at your kids? I might have. Oh, no, man. You can't be doing that. Rough. No, no. I, didn't, I, I didn't curse him, no, but I told him, hey, I'm going to beat your butt, boy. You better sit down some more. Have Heidi, ever, beat your Heidi. Have you ever spanked your grandchildren? No. I can't do it. I can't, I can't threaten this. Like, Cruz, hey, you don't sit down, you're going to get pop up. We say pop up. He's three years old. You're going to get a pop up. No pop up. I said, <laughs> who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. No pop up. I said, uh, you don't. I think, I said, I really think you don't know who you're talking to now. now I'm not going to spank the kid, but I got to put it in the back of his mind right, right, right. that he right. could even, get lit up. Even my daughters, you know, I just raised, hey, hey, I raised my voice up. I ain't got, that's all I got to do. See, that, same here. Do. You know, sometimes he'll like swing at his dad and say, hey, I better not ever see you hit your dad again. You know, hit your dad. <laughs> he'll look at me like this. <laughs> I said, boy, I said, you don't know. I said, you just don't know. And the thing is, he dines me out every time he gets. He'll tell me, you know, Tata, he, he, he yelled at Yobi, and, and I told Tata, you go sit on the timeout. <laughs> So out of you know, just for the heck of it, I, you know, one day he did it. I sat on the couch. I said, "Okay, tell me when I'm off timeout." So my daughter, my wife, my my two daughters, my wife, you let a three year old put you on timeout. I said, "Yeah, I thought it was funny." They said, "Dad, what is wrong with you? Who are you? You're not you're not the same person." Look, I can't spank my grandkids, man. I mean, Timeout will do it. Sometimes, yeah. man, you know, but you know, they, they said in the Bible, man, spread a rod, spoil the and child. Spoil the man. child, right? Yes, so. yes, but I can't do it. When I raise my hand, I was like this. Miss Brooks was a firm believer in that. She was a firm believer in well, that. Well, she so she I don't think she I don't think she lit you up enough, man, because this is an issue. <laughs> you got some issues, man. You got some serious, deep-rooted issues, man. man. My mom still, you know, walks the walk. You know what I mean? I told her she I you don't know my, my, my mom, she she's she's nice now, but yeah, bro, she's that bro, I don't the stream will probably know, but my mom used to carry a gun and she used to call it her snake charmer. <laughs> oh, man. Straight up, she walk around with a snake charmer. She, might still, she might still still carry. Remind, remind me never to get on Mrs. Brooks' bad side. Like, man, she got a little thirty eight, thirty eight special. Call her snake charmer. They call her dead special. eye. Right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, Rob, you were talking about headliners. Uh, Barrett, I got a headliner for you. What's that? So you weren't on the show yesterday, and um, somebody mentioned it in our chat, and um, you know, Seth Joyner last week on his show, his podcast, he announced that he is no longer a part of NBC's post-game show. Now, I only asked this question because Rob Ellis browbeat me oh. to ask this question. And so in a, in one fell swoop, in a matter of weeks, you've lost Ray Dittinger and Seth Joyner. And I ask you, Mr. Brooks, your thoughts on this? Why, why you got to get all personal and stuff, man? <laughs> I'm just curious because inquiring minds want to know. You know, I was actually on the um, WIP's morning show 
and yeah. I talked about it. But oh man, I don't know, man. I mean, that you you, you can't replace those two guys. There's no way right. you can replace those two guys. Right. And I want to get everybody to understand that you can't replace those two. Right. But what you can do is bring in some talented people that are best of what they do. Right. Like you know, I I, I never would me like me and Seth. My glass is always half full. His is always half empty. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. You could win. You could beat a team by 50 points. He's gonna holler, complain, and cuss because they didn't run the ball enough. You know what I mean? He said, "You know that's what he brought to the table." Then you got you got Ray. Nobody's gonna be a historian like Ray. Nobody's right. gonna be able to look the game from a, a historical standpoint and relate it to you know the the statistics and everything in the game and, and and tie it all together like Ray could tie it all together. Right. So you got to find people that are greater what they do and who <clears> they are and could carry themselves in the show. You can't get somebody to try to replace somebody. And I um, mean, it'd be a big mistake if they did try to replace somebody. But I then, you know, the po- couple of people that were brought up and um, for some reason, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I mean, these guys must be, they must be drinking. They must be, you know, sipping on a, Sipping on stuff, you know, before they make this, you know, this, this, you know. What is wrong with you? I'm just, they must be sipping on something, man. But your name keeps being brought up every single time, every single corner I turn, every single time I'm talking to somebody. Why don't they have Derek Gunn? I don't I have enough after three hours with you every day. Now they want you to be on a post game show too. On your post game show. I don't know if I can deal with you for two. What do you, what is your post game show? 90 minutes, two hours? No, it's all yeah, well, yeah, ninety minutes, and then the post yeah, game I, is ninety minutes. Well, I, no, I, pregame is, is an hour, post game is an hour and a half. Yeah, I don't know if I can deal with you for a whole Sunday. You know that no. would test that would test my religious faith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that, that, that might have me. Rob, t- that Rob would be what a is this, Rob? That would be a, uh, that would be a spiritual a spiritual I, I struggle. Think, I, I think someone's trying to drive you crazy by giving you more D gun. Right, right. That's what right. somebody may be trying no, to do, no, man. I don't look, know. That would Look, be I, I think you push. said it well. You're not replacing Ray. And no. You're not replacing Seth. You got to no. take it in a different direction. And if you try and replace those two guys, you're doomed. Exactly. 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 Like, how do you how do you replace a guy that you know that's 50 years of of of, of information? You know, 50 50 years of experience. You know, he yeah. has stories. Mm-hmm. As I said, I talked to him where he was interviewed Muhammad Ali, a one on one Muhammad crazy. Ali. Yeah, you crazy. can't you, you can't yep. just think that you could just you know bring somebody in to replace that. You know no. and, and how are you going to bring in somebody that that was a part of you know the one of the best defenses to ever play the game? That's right. Uh, an integral part in it, you know, one of the captains of that team, um, and you know, think that you could just replace that well, wealth of information that he has. You can't do it this it. way. It's good for Ray. He went out on his own terms. It's going to be very interesting to see where Seth lands. Right. Yep. Very interesting. Yep. Very very. Interesting. I, I, I fascinated I, to see it. Rob, as you know, I mentioned a few names to to Barrett that uh, could be possible replacements. We won't mention those names on the show, Barrett. But you and you better stop mentioning them. Period. Yeah, you're some, come some, on, man. You're, come you're, on, man. You, we won't go there. But it was that, bro. Some strange cats that you threw out. Right, right, uh, right. Um, we'll leave it. At that. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's uh, catch our breath. Let's get oh. a quickie here because I know our guy, one of our favorites, Last is week. ready to roll. The one and only. <laughs> Ricky Bowe will be joining Ricky us Bo, baby. when yeah, we yeah. come back. Don't go anywhere. Let's get a quickie here, Xander. No read. Uh, we'll go right to break. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network.
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake them up. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Day. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis there. Gun Barrett Brooks joining us right now. Phenomenal job he does uh, covering the Phillies as an analyst in studio for NBC Sports Philadelphia. In fact, I'm going to nominate him for the Eagles pre and post game show as well. Oh, yeah. Barrett, oh, keep yeah. You on, on your toes, the one and only Ricky Bo, Ricky Vitalico. What's up, Rick? He could actually do it, keep, too. I can't keep Barrett on his toes. There's no way. <laughs> Come on, man. You're strong. You can hold him up. He's oh, a man. big boy, man. You know, what the, dude, you look at him on this and you're like, all right, Barry, I, I could, I always thought to myself, imagine trying to, to, to like be in front of him on the football field. That would be ugly. Can you John, imagine man. Barrett pancaking you? Oh, oh man. No. Be, no, I, there would be no return for me. And then back is. and then back up and, and talk to you while you're sitting and laying on the ground, spitting up blood. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Oh, yeah. Did you play football? I know what you were a phenomenal baseball player, obviously. Were you a football, did, football player too? I did when I was younger. My, my town was pretty big into football, but uh, after I went to a Catholic high school in Hartford and well, <laughs> let me just put it to you this way. They wanted me to play varsity uh, my freshman year. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, you were wow. skinny as a rail back then. You were a thin dude. You were a small dude. I, back then. I was like, seriously, I was about 150 in high school. Oh, my I was, God. I was little. Man, I was and, and you were a catcher, right? I mean, you, you caught up to up almost all the way through college, too. Yeah, I was agile, though. I could you move were like Garrett Stubbs. You, you were like a Garrett Stubbs before, before his time. 
Well, I mean, I was a catcher just because I had a rocket. I mean, right. uh, I, I could throw, like, from the squat down to second base. It, it was kind of funny because, actually, one of the umpires that is umping tonight in, in Philadelphia, Jim Reynolds, he's a good yeah. friend of mine. We went to high school together. He was a pitcher. I was a catcher. And I would – I wouldn't say pitch in high school, but I would throw once in a while. Mm -hmm. And, like, literally you could hear the other team. And this was said that uh, the other team would say, hey, man, don't hit this guy around too much. We're going to get the catcher in the game. No kidding, man. So, so Ricky, when when you graduated from high school, were you a buck fifty when you graduated from high school? I was about one fifty five, maybe. I was little, yeah. What the heck? And how tall were you? I, I also graduate graduated at seventeen. Oh, you I was did? About, okay. I was about five nine. Wow. So you showed I'm, up in college then, right? You got a lot. Yeah, my first year in college, I I went up to six foot and put on weight. Okay. Wow. Drinking weight. I call it drinking weight. I was going to say, all those late <laughs> night binges. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, Rick, all right, so we get we get some news. Jim Salisbury, you're, you're one of your cohorts at NBC Sports Philadelphia, saying that uh, Harper's going to need surgery, but doesn't look like he's done for the year, and it could be, you know, give or take a week here and there. It could be six weeks. To me, this is like best-case scenario. Where, where do you stand on that? Well, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I would say it's a really good scenario. And, and you have to take in co into consideration, when you look at July, there's a lot of days off. I mean, they have the all-star break. They have a bunch of days. I think there's seven or eight days off. So, I mean, when, when you look at that whole situation, I mean, it turns into the – I guess if it was going to happen at any time, it came at a good time for the Phillies because there are a lot of days off. But that six weeks, you also un have to understand that. I don't think that's including – you know, swings and, and getting your timing down and stuff like that. So I would probably add a week to that, mm. maybe even a week and a half to that before he's, you know, a hundred percent. I mean, but you know, in a way, in a way I look at this as, all right, guys, you, you, you bought some players and Schwarber who's been hitting the ball out of the ballpark. I don't have much of a problem with what he's doing. The Castellanos has got to start hitting for, with some production, run production. I'm not, I'm not talking about singles anymore. This is a guy that's got to start driving the ball into the gaps. Like he's capable of doing hitting the ball out of the ballpark. RBIs run support and runs. That, that's what he's got to do. Yeah. Well, okay. So Ricky, what do you do in the four hole? Then? How do you replace the four hole? You, you, well, he was Harper wasn't. Oh, he was three hole, but because you're going to move the three hole. Around. I'm sorry, the three yeah. hole. Yeah, but I, I think Castellanos is probably going to move there right now, and then move everybody oh. up. I, I wouldn't be Ooh. surprised if Bohm moves in there at some point. Hmm. I, I, I was surprised uh, about a. I would say about four or five games ago, I was thinking, well, you kind of have to move Castellanos. Why not move Castellanos down to the six hole for now? And until he gets going and move Bohm up, that wouldn't that wouldn't have surprised me. And they, but they didn't really do anything. I know Castellanos was four for five in his last game, but I don't know if you guys saw the game. It wasn't exactly a lot of balls that were driven. Dinks I mean, and dunks. Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there were I think three dinks and dunks, and one of them was was a good uh, base hit. But yeah. I want to see him, you know, lining the ball into right center and left center field. He just hasn't done that. He really hasn't done that. All year, I would say maybe the first couple weeks of the season, he was hitting the ball to right center, but he's he has definitely not had a home run swing at all. So that that's a little yeah. concerning. I mean, you paid the guy a lot of money. Well, then it help you uh, almost defensively um, because now you have a guy that can, you know that can DL now and uh, you know kind of take Castellanos out a little bit, you know, just to give the defense a little of a shot in the arm. Don't you dare say DL again. <laughs> yeah, he said DL. I'm like, huh? I mean, not, I'm sorry. Um, 
Yeah, it, it does. I'm a DH. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it obviously, you obviously take take away a little bit of offense, but you know, Castellanos in right field isn't exactly a, a burner out there to say the least, and he doesn't get the balls that a normal right fielder should get to. Uh, and Schwarber, I think the same thing. But you could also, I think you could throw Schwarber over at first base every once in a while uh, to get him out of the running situation out there in the outfield. But the funny thing is, when I look at Schwarber, he hasn't missed any balls out there. No, he hasn't. Yeah. I thought he played yeah. well defensively uh, yeah. since he's been out there. Yeah, he, he, he can't throw, but he's tracked decently. Kind of, you yeah. know. He's, he's he got, got a kind of burl job out there where he's gotten the balls that he had needed to get to. Yeah, he gets jumps on the baseball, so he's usually in the right spot at the right time. But, I mean, obviously there's still a hole in center field, and there's a big hole in right field, I think, without Harper in there. But Harper hasn't been in, in the outfield since when? I mean, I can't even remember. April 16th maybe? Yeah, It's, it's been, been a long time. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, I mean, where where's – I'm, I'm going to get your guys' feet on this too because I look at it this way: I, When are we going to find out about Harper's throwing arm? Did, did, exactly. did that ever occur exactly. to anybody right now? Because in this time period, he's going to have to throw. Yes. To see, and what if that's not right? Yeah. Well, I'll ask you that then. Would you would you consider him going to have the Tommy John surgery now and just go ahead and just rack him for this year? I think I it really depends. It depends on how your team reacts in the next month. I, I mean, I don't think like right now, no, I wouldn't do it. But in a month, if you're 10 games out uh, of a wild card spot, I think you might want to think about it. I you mean, you got to be ready for the season. I don't, I don't even think you would be ready for the season. You're talking about seven to 12 months, I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's less Rick if you're, if you're not a pitcher. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I was. I mean, after I said that, I was thinking to myself, well, maybe it might be a couple months less, but still, you're talking about you know beginning of the season, maybe a month into the season next. That's year. why, but Rick, that's why you can't. Like, I I can't punt on this right now. You know what I mean? Like, it, it let's say let's say you can hang around and and you get him and Segura back for September. It's like two trades you're basically making. I got to still try this year at least. Yeah, you know, yeah. before I give in and because ha- that surgery that timeline's way longer than what the thumb would be. Well, I think that, I think the actual situation tells you you have to wait and see what your team ends up doing here. Yeah. Because if they falter, like I said, if they falter that badly, then what does that really leave you? Is Bryce, Bryce isn't going to win an MVP at that point, and bringing him back is not necessarily going to do any good for your team if he's still only DHing. I, I just I just think the situation, if it calls for it, then you do it. If not, you hold off as long as you can. See, I think the way his bat sets the tone for that lineup, um, and and I've talked about this a number of times, I think every time you extend that thing, there's some irritation in there. I think you just wrap it up and let him try to get through the season, especially if they're hot on the trail of the Braves and the Mets going down uh, down a stretch. You you get what you can out of him. You know, that thing's not going to get any better. Cause, you know, in his current role as a DH, it's not going to get any worse. You know, you got a staff of trainers and doctors that can control that thing, the inflammation, the swelling, you know, give him a day off here and there. And, and it just amazes me how one man sets the tone for that that offense. And if you're in, a, pen, if you're in a division chase, huh? It's sad that only one, it, guy, it is. one guy does that. It do, and, and I was going to ask you, okay, we know, we know Aaron Judge with the Yankees is the big bopper in that Yankees lineup, but – 
the Yankees, man, they got murderers roll from one through seven or eight. When was the last time you saw one guy set a tone for, for the offense the way Harper does for the Phillies? Because I, I, I've been trying to figure this out. I've been looking up stats. I can't remember if he – Yeah, but see, I covered that I covered that Pirates team. They had Bonilla. They had Van Slyke. They had all these no, dudes. I'm in with, they, the, with the Giants, though. Oh, when with he the was Giants. With the Giants. Okay. I mean, but they, okay. they would have some players. But without him, it, yeah, it was a completely yeah. different team. But, yeah. I mean – it's it's not like Harper's put up thirty home runs in, in this half of season. So I, I just maybe it's just because other pitchers, uh, opposing pitchers, are afraid to pitch to him. So they're going to give the other guys better pitches to hit, which leads yeah. to you know more base hits or more yep. uh, more right. production out of other guys. Yep. And Harper does get on base. I, I'm not sure what his his OBP is up well up in the threes. So I mean. He's on base a lot, which means you, you, you're going to see a lot more fastballs behind him too. So it just helps the lineup. I yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I look at this whole lineup, and it's funny because in that winning streak, it wasn't Castellanos. It wasn't uh, Real Muto. It was the bottom of the lineup and Schwarber. I mean, when you really think about it, who was doing all the damage? Stott had a big home run. Stubbs yep. had a big home run. Yep. Deerling and – and uh, and that uh, boom against uh, against the Brewers. I mean, why is the production not coming out of the middle of the lineup? Is beyond me. And and that's even with Harper there. Yes, Harper's tagging on some hits here and there, and and he does get other guys better pitches. But then why isn't Real Muto hit, hitting better than he is? Right, Rick. Now? That's exactly that's where I was going to go. What's happening there? I, I know he looked a little bit better in the Padre series, so maybe he's starting to come out of it a little bit. But really, he got two hanging curveballs. I, no, I hear you. I'm trying to be positive, <laughs> I guess. But you know, he, Rick, we were worried. You know, when catchers hit that that 30 mark, most of them, not all, Yachty, there's exceptions. I, I get it. They start to trend the wrong way. He's looking like he's trending the wrong way here, really fast. I I agree with you, and I mean the first thing you you'll ever hear when when a catcher goes into free agency, do not sign him for a long period of time, because mm -hmm. what you see is what you get for a short period of time, and that's probably where you are with JT. His arm's still there. We know that he's throwing out runners at, at a high clip, but I mean as far as I, I I don't think you necessarily got him for defense. I I really don't. I think you got him to add to the offense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, his timing has been atrocious all year. You noticed his leg kick and getting his foot down. That's been a big theme of his for the whole year, but it's been different all year, which means he may be working on it, but he's changing it all the time, which means it's a constant thing. You have to do it every single day. And if it's a high leg kick, are you going to get that foot down in time that day? And if it doesn't work, are you switching back to no leg kick? It's just a, a weird situation for a hitter to be doing all the movement that he's doing right now. I think the most simple thing, and this is, this goes back to little league when you're struggling, think about letting the ball get deep and hit the ball the other, other way. And you don't see that a lot from these guys. What you see is almost bigger swings at times. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know, but I, one thing I want to get out there, Rob Thompson has, has done a nice job. And the reason why I say this is that he has come in and you have to listen. You listen to the interviews of the players. And we've heard Alec Bohm, and this is his quote was, I have to get on top of the baseball. No more underneath the baseball. No more uppercut swing. 
You heard Reese Hoskins say, well, the one thing I was doing wrong is I wasn't letting the ball get deep enough, which is trusting your hands, letting the ball get deep into the zone. It's a, and, and you'll hear every one of them say, quote, unquote, he's a baseball guy. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if he's taking those analytics and only using them in certain parts of the game. I, I think he's trying. And the, the greatest thing I heard was last week we heard, I want my guys to use their athleticism in the field. How much, when was the last time you heard that? Think about it. <laughs> I never heard it during Girardi's time. Right, never. right, right, right. Never. Right. By the way, I think Girardi was just done. I, I, you know, I mean, when you when you read into from the beginning of the season, his pressers were just bland. Done. Like, like yeah, yeah, they were bland. He he wouldn't give you anything. It was almost like he was. This is basically trying to tell people this is what I got right now, and whatever they do, they do. I, I like, think the Yankees gig took it all out of him, Rick. And then the time away, and he—I just think he lost his edge. He was also a lame duck this year. Yep. I mean, that's not easy for any manager going in as a lame duck with no contract for the following year. But I mean, a, as a whole, I think Thompson has turned this team more towards the game instead of anything else. Yeah. You know, not the computer thing. I know they still look at their iPads because they love themselves and they want to see themselves hit the ball out of the ballpark. I get it. <laughs> But, but I mean, my whole thing is you have to understand the game when you're standing out on the field. You have yep. to think about what you're going to do on the next play before the ball comes to you. And sometimes you literally have to go back to high school and think about, all right, what did they tell me back then about playing defense? Always know what you're going to do with the ball if the ball's hit to you. I mean, it's so simplistic, but because of the shift – I think they take away so much athleticism of these players. Hmm. And, it, and it hides the players that aren't very athletic. It's interesting. That's interesting. I hadn't thought hmm. about it that, that deeply. But, yeah, you make a really good point when it comes to that. Uh, let, let me ask you, Rick, um, much maligned, and I've been you know lead, leader of the pack here with the bullpen, but I got to give him props, man. And, and maybe some of this is Rob Thompson, too, figuring out what the back end should look like with Sir Anthony in hand and Brogdon, et cetera. But – Damn, they've been, dare I say, really good for a, about yeah. a 12, 13 game stretch here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was, it coincides with the move of moving Knable out of there. Yep. I mean, it's that simple. <laughs> Corey Knable, Corey Knable uh, did not look like a closer when he was out there. Mm-hmm. He didn't attack. Mm-hmm. I, I think the one thing you want a guy to do is attack. And then all of a sudden you put him in the sixth, seventh inning and he's very comfortable. Uh, that, that to me tells you a lot of where he should be pitching. He's not going back to the closers role. I don't no. care what anybody says. I'll go talk to Thompson before that happens. Um, <laughs> I, I think Sir Anthony, if Sir Anthony was two years out of his surgery right now, I think he would be the everyday closer. Yep. I think right now he wants to use him in that role. Um but he also has a guy in Brad Hand who's done it before. Mm-hmm. So I think those, you're going to see a lot of those two guys. And I love what Pilati has done. Talk yeah. about a guy who attacks hitters. He's an attacker. He reminds me a lot about of myself. I'm going to go after you. You hit me, you hit me. If not, hey, here it comes next pitch. Um, and if you noticed the tempo of the relievers, you don't see a lot of waiting around anymore. And I'm wondering if that, if that was a group thing because – Earlier in the season, you would see guys standing out there shaking, 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 you know, taking their time. I think you keep the hitters off balance when you keep firing away and you don't give the hitter time to think about what's coming next. I love the tempo of this ball club right now. Um, 
I, I just think moving guys into certain roles has given them a clear mind. And sometimes when you have a clear mind, it's so much easier to go out there and pitch. And when everybody's doing the job in front of you, and, and I'll tell you this as a closer, when I had guys that weren't doing the job in front of me, it made my job 10 times harder just because mm-hmm. you momentum swings. Say, say there was a five-run lead, all of a sudden it's a two-run lead and you're coming to the ballgame, that's a momentum swing. And if you have guys doing their job with a three-run lead, and then all of a sudden they hand the ball to you with a three-run lead, that team in the other dugout's ready to pack it up and go back to the hotel. Yeah. And I, I believe strongly in that, and I always have. So, so Ricky, um, they get ready to open up a three-game series against the Braves tonight. Braves coming off a grueling series, an entertaining yet grueling series with the Dodgers. When you look at the way the Phillies have been playing as of late, the hitting has been on, the pitching, not just the starting pitcher, but the bullpen has been much better compared to what it was in May. What are you looking for in this series? What will this series tell you about where the Phillies are? Because we've been waiting to see them play a heavyweight team like the Braves for a while. Right. The only thing you, you're you thinking about now, it's it's June going into July. The yep. only thing you're, you're thinking about is wins. That You don't think that there's no real – I don't care how ugly these games get. Right. I think these are the type of games that you have to win. It's in your division. They're in front of you right now. It's time for you to drop a hammer on them. And if you don't, mm-hmm. that's going to send you way back. That mm-hmm. you, you don't want any more setbacks is what, what I'm getting at right now. What you need to do is take two out of three from them, two out of three from the Cardinals right here. And don't even – And but you have, a, trend, you have a, a pace setter going in the first game with Wheeler. And I think nothing could be better than Zach Wheeler on the mound. And Morton is not having a great season this year. The Phillies have seen right. him. Play. So if Wheeler gets off to a good start and the Phillies get off to a good start, you'll see at least two out of three in the first series. If if Wheeler struggles in tonight's game, I, I think I think it could be a turnaround. I think it could be the Braves taking two out of three. But the one thing you have to do is make a statement right away and you have the right guy right guy on the mound to make a statement what you want to do early in this ball game is shut the Braves down earlier first three innings at least give your team three chances to jump on the board you got Wheeler Suarez Nola in this series I, I mean Suarez has not impressed me well I, he I think he's been a little bit better Rick uh certainly nowhere near what he looked like last year that's for sure right. the good thing is Wheeler wasn't great in his last outing against the Rangers odds are he's not going to be off two straight starts too. I agree. I agree with that. And that's, that's exactly what you're hoping. That's what you're looking for. Uh, Wheeler, Wheeler's just one of those guys. If he normally, when he, he does have a bad outing, he usually fixes what has to be fixed. And he's one of the best in major league baseball at fixing what is going on during the game. The last game against the Rangers, he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he had a good bullpen session and he fixed a lot of things that needed to be fixed. And most of the times it's just a little twitch in his mechanics. Because he's got the arm, he knows what he's doing mind-wise on the on the mound. So it's usually just a mechanical fix, and I'm sure that was already taken care of in the last five days. Mm. What's your sense here of biggest need? I, I, clearly, outfield is something, bullpen still, but you don't know with Eflin's knee here. I mean, Rick, he said even after the game in San Diego, he got through it, but he said he didn't feel good. It was five innings, and it took him 80 pitches. What do you think the biggest need is right now? Well, if you noticed him in the dugout in that fifth inning, walking around kind of oddly, you knew something. was. You knew his knee was tightening up or something was bothering him because I think uh, I was – I made the – whoever – Sean Kane I might have been sitting next Our, to. The producer for the show, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I looked at him. I said, he doesn't look – something looks wrong. Some, something's going on there. When we find out afterwards that, yeah, his knee was bothering him again. I don't know if that's going to go away. And exactly. Quite frankly, I, I think I'd be – one of my biggest needs would be a starting pitcher, maybe a number three or a four guy. And, I, and I'm not talking – you don't need an ace. You, you need somebody who's going to – who gives innings. Uh, so, I mean, you look around the league, I guess that's only – what a quarter of the starting pitching around the league anyways, but I'm sure you could find something. I'm sure there's something out there that, that would suit the Phillies needs. But the problem is to go even what? further, who do you get rid of? Yeah. With what? Exactly. Say, with yeah. what? Yeah. There's one guy on the big league roster uh, that will get you something and that's Hoskins. And, and mm. I'm, I don't know if you can get rid of his offense right now. Yeah, what you hope is, Rick, he doesn't fall off a cliff like he usually does after he's hot, and he can just kind of maintain. He'll have a three-week streak where he does absolutely nothing. That's just the way he is. But then that week when he comes back, watch out. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that he's he's still a little bit of those uppercut-type swing guys, so he's going to have those moments where they figure him out for a little while and he starts overswinging. That's what I'm afraid of right now with Harper being out of the lineup is his mindset, I'm the one that has to pick up this team. I'm the one that has to hit the home runs. Uh, well, that, that is a, it, it's a point. And mm-hmm. if he is thinking that, I hope he's not. Uh, you, you know, you can't take over a team as one person when you mm-hmm. lose a guy like Bryce Harper. It's got to be. It's got to be the whole team getting together on this. I want to pick up on something you said earlier about Castellanos. How much is he maybe helped by going back to being just the full-time DH or whatever it's going to be, where he's not in right as much? Does that maybe get something going for him? Well, I know I'm, I'm reaching here. You're reaching, but there could be two ways of thinking it. Either he gets a lot of rest and he feels a lot better physically. That would be the way you're thinking right now, which I could see happening. Or is it that he – he knows it's I only have like three or four bats. I have to make the most of everything. So I have yeah. to swing harder. So, I mean, there's it, it be, to be honest, I think that just goes into his mindset. What What's his mindset going, going to be going into this homestand? Is he going to, is he going to do the same thing that I was just talking about Hoskins? I'm the one who has to pick up all the slack, but the one thing about Castellanos that I, you know, like I said, he didn't hit the ball hard last game, but he did contact. And when when you think about him uh, in the last three weeks, it's been a lot of overswings, a lot of almost looks like he's guessing up at the plate because he's swinging through the sliders and swinging at sliders that are a foot and a half off the plate. He's not seeing the baseball out of the hand. Maybe he's starting to see the ball. That That's my thought process with him right now. Maybe he's just starting to see the ball a little bit, which is why he got those four hits because in the games before – if you're not seeing the ball, you're not making contact at all. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. What, so what's realistic here, Rick? Just uh, uh, Let's just go immediate. Braves three, St. Louis here for three. You get the Nats here who are terrible for three. And then you go to St. Louis for four and two against Toronto. That takes us in up till July 13th. That's a heavyweight schedule. That's a really difficult schedule. Um, well, let's go, let's go to the homestand. I think six and four would be good. Seven and three would be excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything under that doesn't help you in any way. Uh, when you think about it, you, you go five and five. You didn't really pick anything up because you know probably three of those wins are coming on the against the Nationals. Right. Uh, I, I think you really have to step up against the teams that are, that are good and to to have any type of 
confidence in that clubhouse, those are the teams that you have to beat. If, if they go 5-1 and one against these first two teams, that would be spectacular. That would be something that you write home to mom about and say, hey, we're getting things done. We're doing the right things. We're beating good teams. And then if you have a lapse against the, the, the Nationals, so be it. But it's just one of those things where you have to get up for these games. I mean, these are the games you, you look forward to playing in. Uh, against teams, against teams that are good, and proving to them that you're right there with them. And I think, I think what they just did in San Diego was a huge morale builder. You go out there and take three out of four from a team that's jockeying back and forth with the Dodgers for the lead out west. You know, and, and the Padres have been playing great baseball, and, and for them to go out there and take three out of four, and especially that Sunday game after losing to Bryce Harper, I I think that's a huge morale, uh, momentum booster for this team. It probably is, but but I think like in our eyes, we yeah. look at that Padres team and say, "Who the hell are these guys?" I mean, yeah. their 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 lineup was not scary at all. Their lineup no, is very no. pitchable. You could pitch to those guys. I mean, they don't have Tatis, they don't have Machado. That that's uh, that's like that's taking huge. out Harper and I don't uh, and, and Schwarber out of your lineup or yeah. Schwarber out of your lineup. Yeah, yeah. home run hitter. Yeah, well said. Wow. All right, Rick, who, who are you with tonight? Michael B and who? Uh, ben. Who? Me, Michael B, and Ben. We're at Citizens Bank Park for pregame. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah, All right. Yeah, Looking man. forward to it. All right, Rick, we appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll catch you tonight. Uh, nice talking you. to you, Barrett. See ya. Yeah, bro, and, and, and bro, my fault, man. I mean, not even the 60 or the 15 day deal. Most, I'm sorry, bro. I meant DH, man. Oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> you shut it down because of that. Yeah, man. I was pretty disappointed in myself, man. Oh, Don't you know how sensitive he is, Ricky? Have you figured it out yet? You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was just taking a nap. He's got no, those no. glasses on that, that have the light shining off. Him. He's taking a nap. You know, really, you know, really, I was I was sitting back, man, and just just think about everything you were saying, man. I mean, I was thinking to myself, they got enough time, man. They're like just about halfway through the season. Yeah. They have enough time, man. There are enough games that they could sneak up on somebody, man. So, I, I mean, I I'm still confident in them, even with Harper being out the lineup. I'm I'm still confident. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily like football where you're game over, you know, halfway through the season and exactly. every every week is a new struggle. I think this is different. I think you get on a hot streak and you can put yourself in a good spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. Rick, thanks for a couple minutes, man. Always Thank appreciate you, it. My pleasure, guys. Take it easy. You got it. Ricky Bowe from NBC Sports Philadelphia. He's worried about you, Barrett. He didn't want well, you, you know. I mean, that, that's that's – I mean, I really think they still have a shot. I do too. Absolutely. Because I was thinking at first, all right, you know, Harbor being down, they're only two games above 500 or whatever, above Mm -hmm. 500. Um, They don't have a snowball's chance in hell. Then I thought about it. They actually do. They have have enough bats. They do do have enough bats, man. Guys just need to wake up a little bit. Just JT alone, you know, I'll get things going and and I – I believe we have a short shot. So yeah, and, and I will say this: if they keep getting pitching, they'll they'll be in it. They'll at least be in it. They'll they'll be within striking distance once Harper gets back of that wild card. I'm not talking about the division. I'm I'm just talking wild card. I I absolutely right. think they will be in striking distance I if that's too. the case. All right, so here's what we have coming up, guys. One fifteen. One of Barrett's former teammates. He's now doing radio down in Carolina. Oh, I can't wait to talk to him. Al Wallace, a, a blast from the My past. Boy, Was Al. Hey, he was an Eagle from 97 to 99, but had a really good NFL career. So we'll talk to Al, not only about Hassan Reddick, 
who is now an Eagle, but just, you know, kind of what's going on down there. At 2 o'clock, Derek Bodner is going to join us. So we'll talk opt-in, Harden, because we've seen other opt-ins. How about Kyrie flips the script and opts in, shockingly, right. when he couldn't make a deal anywhere else. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Russell Westbrook opts in today. So a lot to talk about with Bodner. That'll be at 2 o'clock. we got a lot more in store, so you don't want to go anywhere for sure. We come back, we'll talk some football. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, we're Sports Take. And with Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, I want to tell you about Station Tap because it is lunchtime, man. And, and I know, I don't know about you, I got some hunger pains right now. Station Tap Catering in Drexel Hill will handle your next business function with ease while you focus on securing a new opportunity for your company. They have 50 years experience in food preparation. Station Tap Catering will impress and your guests will be impressed. They have a great variety of food for you. If you want to get your a meal catered, if you want to get, uh, if you say you're having a graduation party, say you're having uh, a wedding, whatever the case may be, it's that time of year. If you want to have it at your house, you want to have it somewhere else, some other venue, they have an amazing, as I mentioned, menu, a variety, the price is right. But I also want to tell you about their catering hall, which is brand new in Drexel Hill, and it is spectacular. I have been there myself. It's awesome. You can have your next event there. And trust me, it'll be worth it. We got a corporate function. You want an individual packaged meal? We could do that as well. Your next tailgate, Phillies are home. Might be tailgating down there tonight. That's the place you want to go. And I got the number for you, 484-469-3222, 484-469-3222. Or go to stationtapcatering.com, stationtapcatering.com. at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody? Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We're Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Tuesday. Hope you're doing well out there. Hit that like button. Uh, we would appreciate that. Subscribe if you have not. Tell a friend if you have not either. We appreciate all you guys listening, streaming in the comment section. Uh, that's for sure. Two o'clock, Derek Bodner, 115. Uh, Al Wallace will be joining us. Gunner, did you want to jump in? You're muted, brother. Barrett Brooks syndrome hit me again. Um, it would be nice to see the comment <laughs> section, but been locked out. So I, they're know, all I, talking about no how idea. handsome, how handsome you are. That's what they and rightfully so. I yes, guess that. exactly. No, I really don't have mine either, man. I don't know how. That's crazy. I feel like. Oh, I feel like so, so don't think we're ignoring you. We're not ignoring you. We don't see. We're not ignoring you. I see you. you. I see Jay. I see Dads. I see Randall. I see Chris. I see all our I, friends I, out there. It's you guys like, are the you best. Feel, you feel naked, man. It's like no, I can't see anything. Can't get to the private chat. Can't get into the live stream chat. What the heck's going on here? I don't know, man. I, don't I think know. they're trying to tell us something. You know what I mean? It. We're I'm, crushing I'm it so show. so badly. They're trying. Someone's trying to take us down, and it ain't hat. <laughs> we are not backing down. All right, let me hey, uh, let me hit you guys with this. Al Wallace yeah. is going to join us at one fifteen. So looking forward to talking now about ten minutes from now. I was thinking about this today, and it's a little off the wall, Eagles-wise. But I'll, I'll jog it back. We'll, we'll take it back like 25 years, okay? Because, Derek, you started covering the Eagles in probably 97. 97, Derek, yep. You were still here in 97. You were drafted in 95, okay? So it falls into to kind of both of your wheelhouses here. Biggest personality, or plural, personalities during that time. Now, it's not necessarily Ooh, best player. Wow. It's not best player, okay? It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, Brian Dawkins because he was a great – no. Biggest personalities during that time. Okay, during what? Wait, the time the time the, that, I, that I've been here? Now. Yeah, okay. tw- yeah. go back – I mean, you could take it back to 97 or 95 when Barrett got here until now. Okay. It would be the time period. Now, I, I thought about a couple. You guys tell me what you think. Ricky Waters, I think, left in 97, but I would put Ricky there. Ricky was a, okay. a unique unto himself, you know, Mr. For Who, For What, but was a great player, too. No question. Um, Hugh Douglas, I would put in that category. That's my front, That's my number two. Okay. Uh, one that Anthony just, just threw up there in the comment section I, I have as well, Freddie Mitchell. No question. Fred X was an for, interesting for, cat. For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, America's Gasta, a.k.a. Yeah. T.O. has to be yep. on any one of these lists. Yep. Right? I put Kelsey in there. Certainly, you know, the Mummer costume and the whole thing at the parade. We all know, you know, what went down there. A, a great player in his own right as well. I put B.G., Brandon Graham in there. Yep. Um, but I know I'm missing a lot. They were just sort of like right yep. off the top of my head, guys. So am I missing anyone that you guys would uh, nominate? Oh, my goodness. Hollis Thomas. Okay. Ike Reese. 
Yes. Um, Corey Simon. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I could go on and on. Let's see. The topic is uh, biggest personalities the last 25 years. Last 25 years, Ooh, Des. That says see. Reggie White and Jerome. That's going further that's, back. That's further back, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go from – I'm going to go from – Guys that I just played with the four years I was here. I'm, I'm okay. just gonna, I'm just gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna centralize mine a little, a little smaller. You know, a little smaller window. Um, like you said, Ricky Waters. People don't understand how much of a, how much of a um, character he was. <laughs> what was the I mean, What was the? Were we going for character or another word? It was going to be a, okay. another word, yeah. Okay. But may like he'd be in a we'd be in a locker room, and he would bring in Method Man and 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 Red Man into the into the in, into the locker room. You know what I'm saying? That's not the wasn't, day wasn't he, his now wife then girlfriend like battling with Gruden about his his carries that he was getting? He yes. wasn't getting enough touches, and yes. she was like publicly ripping Gruden. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. And can he you was imagine that Gruden. now? He was ripping Gruden. I, can like you imagine said, Miles Sanders' wife or girlfriend ripping Shane Steichen? <laughs> But it was just a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I told her, hey, 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 you got to go over there. Hey, hey, I, hey, look, you ain't going to cost me money. You got to stop. You got to stop now. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, I just thought of another. Asante Samuel. That's yes. Right. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, yes. what a personality he was. Bro, Byron so. Maxwell was one of the all-time with the his first game interview. Uh-huh. Byron Maxwell. Is, is that the one? Oh, oh, yeah. How, how, about, how about not the first game? But how about when he came in for his press conference, he, he, when he came from Seattle? Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and somebody asked him, why did you decide to come up to Philly? He said, because they paid me the most money. <laughs> they gave that dude a $75 million contract, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. They, yeah. That was brilliant unloading him, by the way, trading him oh, off. I, I'm still trying to figure out why that the uh, Miami um, GM oh. ever got a job anywhere else. What a favor. Yeah, how, you're right. I mean, what what a favor he did taking them that off your hands. Oh, you ain't never lie. Yeah, he but, uh, gave you that first game. I think it was against Atlanta, right? Didn't didn't Julio light him up? And he was basically for, eh. for a buck twenty. Yeah, and he's and like, he said, eh, what are you gonna do? No, like, no, he no, he said. Uh, he's he actually said. Uh, yeah, you know, um, how do you feel about you know, uh, what was his name? How do you feel about Julio Jones taking you for one hundred twenty yards? He said, damn, he had one hundred twenty yards. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was a great. First I know he impression. had that much. <laughs> yeah, it was a great first impression, man. Oh my god. But that, yeah, it's it's a, a lot of these guys were also really good, but not all of them, you know. Well, you know, I also had I also had guys like Urban Fryer. Yeah, great guy, uh, yep. same type of guy. Um, Richard Dent was a character. You guys didn't know but Richard Dent was a character. Richard Dent never went anywhere without three thousand dollars in his pocket. If he Jeez. had a pocket, he always had three thousand dollars in it. He'd be three on the price. He always had three dollars in my pocket. Right. <laughs> oh he always said, we're on a practice field and where the, the the slot for where you keep your um your thigh pads at, he had yeah. three thousand dollars in a um in a plastic bag inside Wait, it. He he had three grand on him while he was practicing. Playing in games, practicing. Why? Why? On way, he, he just said that's just his thing, you know. He just had oh always God. had three thousand dollars. <laughs> that's why I say characters, man. I played with a bunch of characters. Uh Kirk Avea. Kirk Avea was one of the, you know, he was on, he was a, um, a Washington before us, but yeah. Kirk Avea, he used to smoke cigarettes at halftime <laughs> in the locker room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, there was a character, Willie T. Willie T oh. would play oh, yeah. video games at halftime. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, At halftime? Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Um, you had um, you had guys like, you know, even Charlie Garner. Charlie Garner, I can remember. Ch- there was a – we're sitting in a meeting. And it's the offensive meeting. The entire office together were meeting. And Charlie's sitting against the wall with his back like this. And there is literally a light switch right there. And the running backs coach, his name was Dick something. I forget his name. But his name was Dick. <laughs> Right. Dick would ask him, hey uh <laughs> hey Charlie, could you turn the light off? Try go like this. <laughs> he wouldn't turn hey, it off. Charlie, did you could you turn the light off? He asked me again, Charlie, because you Dick, stop begging me, Dick. Dick, you begging me. They don't pay me to turn lights off, Dick. Oh stop God. begging me, Dick. <laughs> I'm like, what oh is goodness. going on? What is well, going on? Weren't he were he and Ricky at each other's throats a lot or no? They were teammates, but they were not, you know, they were not really friends. Put it mm-hmm. like that. You know, they weren't really friends. They were teammates. They got along, but they weren't really friends. Mm-hmm. Put it wow. like that. Um, I remember we were in practice one time, and and uh, Ricky, you know, 907, Ricky took all the uh, reps in 907. Then we got the team. He took all the running reps, and then they told Charlie to come in on passing downs. So, you know, we're doing passing. So we get to the last team. Charlie gets mad and walks to the other field, not the field that we're on, not the field that's next to the field, but the field that's next to next to the field. And he goes over and sits on his helmet. So Dick turns around again. Dick, could you come take? No, no. Oh, you let that MF do it. He took all the run plays. Let him do it now. Dick, stop begging me, Dick. There you go. You always begging me, Dick. Dick, stop begging me. Ray Rose said, Charlie, could you come up? Ray, now you begging me. Let him take all the reps like we just he just did. He'll be okay. He can take the rest of them. I'm over sit over here and 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 and, and watch the rest of practice. You had me watch it all day. Let me sit down and finish watching. And he sat right there. I had wow, characters, man. man. It was characters. Man. Then I had hold on. Then I had um Bill Romanowski. I never seen Bill Romanowski put solid food in his mouth with the exception of lettuce leaves. <laughs> oh, what would he? Would he just? He would just take his pills. Like what would he do? Supplements all day. He'd have a backpack. I'm not a backpack, but a uh, suitcase. Uh, all right, suitcase. Uh, briefcase. Briefcase. Right. Full of full of all kind of stuff. Damn. I told you the first time. I mean, me didn't get along. I, me and him didn't get along. None of the rookies got along. Officer rookies got along with 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 him. And I'll, I'll tell you a story after we get us through with Al, man. But okay. he's a, he's a, he was a, he was a wow. awesome dude. Man. Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure. Let me see if we're, we're we're good. I think it looks like we're good. All right, Al is ready. So we welcome to the program Al Wallace, former teammate of Big Barry Al. Brooks, now doing his thing down in Carolina. Yes. What's up? What's, What's going Al, on, man? Al, Al, before we start, thanks for coming on, man. We need some. Uh, tell me about Barrett, the player, when you guys played together. Give me, share me some little insight about <laughs> oh, Barrett. And, and don't and don't and don't cut corners. Tell yeah, us don't everything. Hold don't hold. We back, get some man. dirt. Y- y'all have the right person, man. I'm going to give it to you how I know it. Yeah. Was a dog. That's what I remember. He was a dog. I mean, it was it was some tough snaps being a young guy going up against the vet and just trying to get after it. I mean, he was physical. He was athletic. That's the biggest thing when you talk about offensive linemen. Somebody athletic. I couldn't do anything. You know, you're out there throwing every move you got. And he's sitting there, hands back, patient, waiting for it. So he was a dog. Okay. Well, let me, tell you, let me tell you about Al. Al would he, he said, "No, he he would kill me on one on ones, man. I couldn't block him for nothing on one on ones, man. 
I used I used to have to have the ability to if, if we could we could be a team. I can get them a little bit because I can run block them. You know, he had to block, play the yeah. run or he had to play pass. But one on ones, slippery, slippery, man. It was hard blocking, man. Slippery. So, <laughs> but hey, man, welcome, man. I appreciate you getting on the show, man. But man, a lot of stuff to talk about as far as what we have as Hassan Reddick. What do we have in him, man? You have a really good football player. I mean, we are terribly missing him already. We haven't made it to training camp. You know, the, the Panthers will touch down in Spartanburg, South Carolina in July 26. And we're going we're missing an outside rusher. We have Brian Burns, but what Son Reddick brought was a veteran presence, a guy that knew how to how to get after the quarterback. And I don't know how they're gonna fill the void of those double digits that he brought coming from Arizona. And I think everyone slept on who he was and what he could do because he was playing out of position for a number of years out West. But when he came here um, and he took off, we knew we weren't going to be able to come up with that money and, and keep him around here in Charlotte. Yeah, that's mm. what I was going to ask. I, I followed his whole career at Temple. I went to Temple, so I was big on Hassan Reddick. But I always wonder, too, like, well, why are teams letting a guy like that walk? Was it, is it just a cap thing? Is that strictly what it came down to, dollars and cents? I think it's a cap thing. I know that's what it was here with the Carolina Panthers. But also, when you look at pass rushers, he's not a big body guy. So I think we're looking at him from just one perspective, one dimension. And I think a lot of teams also are saying, hey, is he going to be able to play the run? Point of attack, being that physical guy, I'm a, I was a 6'5", 270-pound DN. He's not that guy. And Brian Burns is, is pretty similar as far as body type a leaner, thinner guy. And for the Panthers, they just didn't know if they could afford to have two of those guys on the edges in a division where they're going to run the ball. Hey, Al, is a Hassan Reddick more effective, you think, with his hand down in the dirt or from the stand-up position? When you have that type of talent, the knack to get after the quarterback, man, I say whatever, however you're comfortable. So you see guys switch it up all the time. I look at somebody like uh, Suggs back in his Baltimore days. Yep. He may stand up. He may walk around. But I think when, you know, it comes down to, to the brass taxes, man, he's going to put that hand in the ground. I'm a pass rusher, so that's what I wanted to do. I want to mm -hmm. get my hand in the dirt, kind of get that leverage, get that good stance, and try to get after the tackles. Mm. Did you did you ever play in a 3-4 system or, you, or mainly a, a four-down defensive end? Because I saw a lot of times, especially, you know, towards the end of your career, you would stand up a lot. You would rush the passer from the stand-up mm -hmm. position, you know, two-point position, as opposed to put your hand in the ground. Yes, I was always in a 4-3 system. I think my last year with the Eagles, when Andy Reid came in, they tried to, to convert me to an, a Sam linebacker uh, with Carlos Emmons, some of the bigger body outside linebackers, and that didn't work. I just didn't have any experience uh, standing up and dropping in the coverage. So it was primarily a four-down front that I'm familiar with. But here in Carolina, we were creative. We had a lot of pass rushers, Julius Peppers, Mike Rucker, uh, myself, guys that we could rotate in. And we had that NASCAR package where we had four or three defensive ends on the field. So we would stand up and walk around and try to confuse the protections uh, of the offensive line. Um, I didn't enjoy it. You would do it because it kept them off balance. But, yeah, I, I think if you're versatile enough um, and experienced enough, you can stand up and get it done. Mm. Al, I know your primary focus is the Panthers, but I'm, I'm sure you keep at least somewhat of an eye on the Eagles, one of your former teams. What do you think about the moves that they made this offseason and kind of where they're at right now? I'm excited. I'm excited for all the pieces that they put around Jalen Hurts. I think he's a talented quarterback. I think maybe one of the most underrated quarterbacks, especially in that division. 
Um, I think if everything comes together, especially with the great offensive line that that you all have there, this could be this could be a shocker of a year for the Eagles. And I do keep up, uh, you know, with a lot of the buddies, Trotter and, and Ike Reese and, and all the guys mm-hmm. there in Philly. And that's where I got my start. That's where I, you know, made the 53-man roster for the first time and had a lot of great years. Uh, early on in my career. So I definitely keep up with the birds. And and I think I think it's an opportunity this year, especially for Hurts, to show the NFL what he can do at quarterback. And the defense is getting better. They got some pieces. So let's go. Let's see what it looks like. Mm. You know, looking at um looking at you know that your head coach down there and and um you know would you say he's on the hot seat? You know, where is he at as far as his progression of getting his guys in the building and implementing what he wants to run? And does he have enough time to really get those guys going? Is he that much on the hot seat or is, you know, does he have a little time? Yeah, B, I think he's running out of time. I know he's made some statements in the offseason uh, that David Tepper, the new owner here, said it was a five-year plan. And I think that sounds good on the first two years right. of that five-year plan. But when you've only been able to win five games a season since you've been here, you're on the hot seat, whether you believe it or not. And this is going to be the year I think it's going to be most pressure on Matt Rule because you have DJ Moore. Christian McCaffrey just hasn't been healthy. If you can keep him healthy. And for the first time in about 10 years since I played with Jordan Gross, this team has a really solid offensive line drafting Iki Aquanu and six pick overall out of NC State. So where are your excuses? What is it going to be? And I hate to say excuses, but what are you going to lean on? It can't be the inexperience. It can't be the talent. It can't be that it wasn't your guys. These are your guys. They're in the building. They're talented enough. Now it's about getting them coached up and producing. And I think he has to make the playoffs. More than five wins, seven wins, that's not going to be enough, fellas. He's going to have to, he's going to, have to make a playoff push. Hey, Al, how much of a, a hot seat is Sam Darnold on? I know he's the incumbent, but, you know, you guys drafted Matt Coral out of Ole Miss. Um, is, is Darnold on a real short leash? I think Sam Darnold is on a borrowed seat. It's not even a hot seat. He's the quarterback, <laughs> and that's what we heard Matt Rule say. Uh, you know, going into this, this gap here before training camp, I really think if they can find a way, and I know they're still working on it, um, and this Deshaun Watson thing happening today is going to be a big part of it. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is the guy they want. They want a young, yeah. talented guy. And Sam Darnold was that guy. That's why they brought him in. But I don't feel like, you know, he's the guy that they feel like they can move forward with. So it's going to be Baker They can get it done here, I believe, in the next couple of days or right after the holiday. But Sam Darnold, I think they've seen what he brings to the table. I don't know that they believe in it. And my personal opinion is that Baker, uh, for all the flaws we may think he has, he's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. So if they can pull that off, I think this team starts to round the corner and come together for training camp. Yeah, Baker just said on um, around the NFL on Twitter that uh, it's a mutual understanding that the Browns and him should part ways. And so that's that's the green light to get him out of there because even if, even if Deshaun Watson uh, is suspended X amount of games, you cannot have Baker Mayfield in that organization for even a short period of time because of the disruption he could cause and the dividing line it could cause within that locker room. No, there's no way you can bring him back. And I think both sides understand that when they excused him for from OTAs, they basically said, hey, let's see what we can get for you. Let's see what we can do uh, there. You know, there's just that's a burnt bridge. And we always talk about not burning bridges, but Baker can't go back 
in that situation under these circumstances, not with his personality and his ego. We all have yeah. him not blaming him yeah. for that. But yeah. that bridge is burned somewhere else. They're just trying to find a dancing partner who wants to come up off mm. of half of that salary and um, and pay it for Baker. Uh, Al, you, you brought up McCaffrey, and it's been injuries of late. We know how spectacular yeah. the guy can be. Are they are they going to lighten the load, or are we going to see him more at the receiver spot? Like, what, what are you going to what are they going to do to try to? He's a smaller guy, right? But what are they going to do to try to preserve him going forward? That's been the big question around here. How can you kind of lighten that load? And I'm a football player. I don't understand not letting a football guy play football. Best probably football player on your team at this point. Um, maybe if he's healthy, if he can take the load, I think you play him. You have Chuba Hubbard, who you drafted, had a decent rookie season last year. You brought in uh, Deontay Foreman from the Tennessee Titans. He was the backup to, to King Henry up there, and he had a solid year, another bigger back, different style of, of runners. But you have enough guys to kind of split up that load. But why would you do that? Why would you – take Christian McCaffrey off the field when he's going to help you win football games. Without him, this team has been terrible. With him on the field, you're good. Yes, you're going to run the risk of injury, but that's the life of a back in the NFL. They just don't last long. So to handle him with the white gloves, I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think you use all the weapons you have. If you're Matt Rule, if you want to stay in this job, you got to lean on Christian McCaffrey. Mm. At this point, I can't see them doing anything other than, you know, him being a bell cow back because he just, he's just too much of a weapon. You know, you got to get the ball to him. But at the point, you said bringing in, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield, I, I, I don't know if, you know, he's as dynamic a player as, you know, I mean, what could they do to really, you know, enhance him? Because they've done everything they can to make him a great player. How do you think that, you know, the, the, the Panthers can get him – to maximize his potential because they weren't able to do it with the running game that they had in, in Cleveland and everything else. How are they going to maximize his talent? I think Ben McAdoo, new offensive coordinator, has to come in and make it simple. You know, Baker comes in, number one overall pick, and you're looking at him to change the city. He's he's looked at as the LeBron James of the football organization it's on you you got to come in i know we're going to put guys around you we have all these weapons but i don't think the coaching staff really uh offensive coordinators are passing league they don't want to have to run the ball so they put it in baker's hands and said hey go win us football games and that's not a good formula if he leans on christian mccaffrey we haven't even talked about dj moore and how dynamic he can be as a wide receiver, put the, right. together three thousand yard seasons so far. He's a Terp. He's a Maryland guy, so I got to get him in there. But man, this <laughs> offense, that offensive line should have more protection. It's going to be. Good. I think it's going to be a better season. Whoever is behind center uh, has a better chance because of that offensive line. But Baker is just simply better than Sam Darnold. He's not the best decision maker. He's probably what third since he's come league in interceptions. But mm -hmm. he's better than Sam Darn, and I think all the fans are, are banking on that—that that he can come in and be at least three or four games. I think punch punch in the sea of, of making a playoff berth. See, see, I think Sam—I I think Baker Mayfield could be a lightning rod for that organization because of his swagger, his confidence, and, and no disrespect to Carolina, I just think they have been a semi-bland football team over the last couple of years. Um, and I think maybe that's the injection of personality, of confidence that maybe that team needs right now. 
to change the course. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. I think when Cam leaves, um, Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, even yep. back with Josh Norman, all the yep. big personality left in the team is I mean, it's been average. Average in kind of energy and, and juice, mm -hmm. guys that you can really pull for. The two guys I named on offense that are their best players, they don't do they don't say anything. You know, yeah. you're not gonna get anything from them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we're going to get the the passion and the personality. I think you're going to get that from a rookie this year in Iki Aquan. Um, just reports in OTAs, in shorts, this guy's mauling people. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch him. Sometimes it's the offensive line group that really gets everybody going. I'm okay with that. And then on the other side of the ball, they got to find that guy. They got to find that voice. There's Davis back there. There's, you know – Josh Norman, none of those personalities. So they're going to have to find somebody on that side of the ball that's going to be able to rally everybody, that's going to be able to pull everybody together. Like Jeremiah Trotter, Brian Dawkins, whipping it did for us. Mm. Al, listen, yeah, man, we, we really appreciate you taking a couple minutes. It's been great catching up with you, and hopefully we'll get a chance to have you on and down the line, man. But thank you very much for your time. Thank today. you, man. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, just give me a call. Let me know. I got you. All right. Good luck, bro. You got it, Al. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Good insight there from, from Al. Definitely, man. He seems to really think that's going to happen with Mayfield. It sounds, it, he it sounds pretty like confident. You know, yeah. The last segment I saw around the NFL uh, put it out there on Twitter that Baker Mayfield publicly has said that it is a mutual understanding that it's time for him to go. So no matter what happens with Deshaun Watson – the Browns are going to have to buckle down and decide if you lose Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson before your season starts, what the heck are you going to do? And you're well, in a position, huh? They, uh, he said We're that set. Two, two weeks ago. Yeah, but but I'm saying the Browns, and I said on the show yesterday, the Browns are in a position, I'm not considering them one of my top three Super Bowl representatives from the AFC, but they're in a position talent-wise to make some noise in the AFC Absolutely. and uh, upset the apple cart. But if you don't have a if you don't have a, a leader at quarterback for that team, you're in a big you're in a big bind then, man. You're well, they're just they're buy. just in such a weird spot because yes. you know I, I know the hearings are happening today, and we'll have a better handle on at least what the suspension is that the the league is going to hand down. But uh, you know that's going to be appealed. Like it just feels like this thing's never going to end, and you're just in this like perpetual. You know when are we going to know when when Sean Watts is going to be on the field, and we don't know right now. It's tough. It's tough, man. You know, yeah, I'm, but, not, I'm not a Cleveland Brown fan, but but I feel for that. That's you know, I, I, I feel I, for the fans. Yeah. yeah, I lived in Pittsburgh for ten years. I covered, I covered the the war. You know, uh, the, the it was a flat out war between Cleveland and Pittsburgh every year, no matter how good or how bad the teams were. These two cities, these two fan bases, these two teams, they literally hate each other. And you look at a Browns franchise that has had so little success over the last couple of decades and now they're on the cusp of being a decent team and people can be proud of the team and pump the chest and all that stuff and now I, I use the term all the time you may have to go into a season into a gunfight with a cap gun <laughs> and you know the fans deserve better than that right now and, and yeah. unfortunately they have put themselves in a bind signing a quarterback for a mega contract and you don't even know if, when, or how he's going to be available, and you have a quarterback who's told you since the offseason he doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah, fair enough. Let fair me enough. go. 
Let me yeah. go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been saying trying to get away from you two guys for weeks. Let yeah, me go. Derek, that's Derek says that every <laughs> Let day. Go. Let me go. Um, all right, so we come back. We're gonna, and this is a little homage to our buddy Jimmy Kemsky, who does his dumpster fire uh, stories. You know why? Why the Giants are going to be a dumpster fire? Why the Cowboys are going to be a dumpster fire? So we'll we'll dive into the, we'll do some dumpster diving when we get back. We'll tell you why yeah, the, <laughs> the Cowboys could struggle, why the Giants could struggle, why Washington could struggle. We'll do all that. Two o'clock. Derek Bodner is going to join us. We'll get a, there's a lot more NBA stuff to dive into other than just the Sixers, but we will do a lot of Sixers with Derek as well. So don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, we're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, knowing who to trust with your finances. You know how important that is. You know how scary that can be as well. Well, I'm here to tell you I found the right person. And my personal experience, Jim Murray with Jim's Principal Financial Group is the man that you want to go with. To, to really just get everything in order for you, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, or a, a, a small business, and you're trying to set up employee benefits, he can help you with that too. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover to Jim. I couldn't be any happier. And, and the thing I, I've mentioned this before that I think is so critical is we don't understand, or at least most of us don't understand all the ins and the outs. And Jim is a great resource to explain everything to you. This is why I think this is a good idea. This is why we're going to do this. Maybe we can get off of this. Maybe you don't need this. This would probably be better for you. Let's put a timeline together for what this is going to look like, you know, once you get to the uh, to the finish line here and you're retired. So he's great with all those kind of things. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. Or you can uh, reach out to him via email. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at Principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at Principal.com. News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right. Hi. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Day, Jamaica Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks on this Tuesday. All right. So, uh, Barrett, a couple, a couple odds and ends. I mentioned Derek uh, Bodner is going to be joining us at 2 o'clock. <laughs> you all right, Gunner? What happened there? We thought you got kidnapped for a second. I was trying to be like Carl Lewis, get back, man. Tripped over court. I said, boom. I'm laying to go, oh. <laughs> Damn. Uh, we gotta elongate these breaks, man. This is yeah, we don't up. need you getting hurt. We don't need you getting hurt during the breaks, man. So just man. just take it easy. Take it I'm easy. So, Walk. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. Uh, you should be. All right. So um, I thought you said you suing Barrett. I'm like, what? Yeah, Sue Barrett. Suing. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. So Derek Biden in a little bit. Uh, the final segment we're gonna dive in. I have a great on this day for you guys. Ooh. Something that you, you'll yeah. Uh, I mean, an, an all timer. One of those that you'll remember exactly where you were when it happened. Okay. I, I, that's all I'll say. We'll do that at, uh, wow. at 2.30. But, yeah, we got a couple opt-ins. Jay Wright has something to say about uh, coaching again in college basketball. So a Uh-oh. bunch of different things. Yeah, we'll get into a bunch of different things uh, coming up. That'll be at 2.30. And, you know, and again, uh, we'll come back with uh, – with, uh, with, Derek Bodner at two o'clock, but all right. So uh, our buddy who we've had on the show a couple of times, Jimmy Kemsky does an excellent job covering the Eagles for Philly voice this time of year. And, and what I love about Jimmy is he kind of pokes fun at just having to, you know, like fill content and, and has a little bit of a, you know, kind of a joke uh, running joke with some of his, his, his friends on uh, Facebook, but are on Twitter, excuse me. And one of the things that Jimmy, I love the fact that he posts this, um, by the way, you can follow Jimmy at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter, and uh, he writes for the phillyvoice.com. But he puts out his list of why certain teams will be dumpster fires. For example, why the Giants will be a dumpster fire, why the Cowboys will be a dumpster fire, why the Commanders will be a dumpster fire. And I think his latest today is the Giants. So in, in homage to that, um, let's dive into this a little bit. So let's look at first, let, let's start with the Cowboys, why they may tend to struggle uh, this season. I'll, I'll start first and foremost. Number one is the guy who coaches them. Bingo. Okay. Mike McCarthy, to me, is exhibit A, B, C, and D as to why the Cowboys will struggle. Um, I'll throw that out there. If you guys want to pick up on that and give me some other reasons for the Cowboys, maybe taking a step backwards, go right ahead. A lack of of Amari Cooper. Um, I think the Cowboys still have a good collection of receivers, but they didn't really replace an Amari Cooper, and I didn't expect them to. You know, you can't pay everybody. You can't have everything you want. But I think the lack of having a third lethal threat. Michael Gallup is a really good receiver who doesn't get a lot of recognition or the notoriety he deserves for being a quality receiver. They have a couple of young guys Mm -hmm. who are coming up. CeeDee Lamb is, 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 is is a frightening a pass catcher to begin with, 
But I just think Amari uh, Amari's Cooper's absence is really going to hurt hurt that passing game. I yeah, would buy that. No, go ahead, absolutely, back. you're absolutely right, man. I mean, Coop not being there, um, Wilson not being there, that's taking their passing game and and, and per- virtually just put it on the shoulders of uh, C.D. Lamb because yep. we don't know if Gallup's going to be back, and if he comes back, how healthy is he going to be? I think the biggest thing that's going to hurt this team is not really the aging Zeke Elliott. You know, he's he's old now, you know, as far as running back years. But the biggest thing is is, is that offensive line. They've lost two yes. fifths of that offensive line. They let Williams go to Miami, and then they let um they let their uh Lyle, Lyle Collins, Collins. Yeah. go to Cincinnati. Now you have an aging Tyron Smith, who's old as Bethusa. He got drafted back in 2011. And then you have Zach Martin. I mean, he's good still, but he was drafted back in 14. So you got a you know a really old um offensive line. Um they're you know two new starters. There are actually three new starters on it because mm-hmm. they don't know what's going on. I mean, at uh at both guards and the center is just okay. I, I just think, you know, at this point, this it's, it's gonna be tough for them to run the offense, the sort of offense that they want to run. You know it's getting bad when you go out and get two fullbacks, two fullbacks on the roster. That means you're definitely running the ball because yeah, two fullbacks of- <laughs> in this day and age, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. This is gonna be tough, you know, for them to really generate anything. And then on the defensive side of the ball, them losing uh Randy Gregory. I mean, yes, that's that hurt. Part. Huge. That I mean, that's their best pass rusher. He's gone now. Um Demarcus Lawrence is still there, but you know, he's you know, he he didn't he didn't show me all that he had last year. Um it's going to be tough on them, man, because, you know, to, to really have a guy fill his shoes, they don't have anybody right now. You look at their um, their secondary. They, they still have a pretty good secondary. Oh, yeah, Diggs. And, I mean, Digg, Diggs is, is a is a very much an all-or-nothing guy, though. I mean, he gets a lot of picks. He yeah. gets he gets burned a lot, too. We, you know, that part doesn't get talked about that much. Yeah, same, he got, he, he gave up over 1,000 yards receiving. He yeah. gave up. Right. But, uh, but I, I you cry, bro. That's what it is. Barrett, I think your initial point um, – was dead on like there's still the thought from people the misconception that the offensive line is as dominant as it was four or five years right right no they're not nearly as good as they were from an offensive line perspective i I think they're down big time and i just don't feel like mccarthy's the guy just to figure this out like like, it's so obvious to me even though it it doesn't say it contract wise that this guy's a lame duck because the owner loves sean payton and sean payton's just sitting there saying all right let me just chill this year Yep. And I'm telling you, man, Jerry wants him in the worst way to be the coach. I agree. Plus, he has a home in the Dallas area, doesn't he? Does he, he yeah, does? He does. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, Mike McCarthy, start packing your bags. You're on the clock, my brother. Yeah. You know, you better start looking for that new location, dude. I'm sure there's going to be some jobs open in 2023. Yeah. You better start putting out that resume, man, right now before the season starts, because I think Mike McCarthy is the biggest biggest reason why this team will take. this team will be stagnant. I don't think it will excel as much as it could have when you look at the wealth of talent this team has had on that roster. Yeah, look, they're they're talented, right? And I don't think anybody would would be surprised one bit if if the Eagles and Cowboys are neck and neck to win the division, if if the Cowboys are are a a playoff team, for sure, all those things. But I think ultimately, once it comes to a big moment like that, McCarthy will hurt them in a big game. We saw it last year. And and look, Dak wears some of that too. It's not just McCarthy, but that play call – to, you know, essentially to end their season. It's it's just dumb. It's just dumb. Yeah, uh, it, why, that's the Mike why, McCarthy why? I knew in the latter stages in Green Bay, though. Mm-hmm. A draw, a draw, 
Come on. Come on, man. No timeouts? Right. Look, what are we doing here? In the middle of the field. Unbelievable. All right. So that's the Cowboys. Let's jump. Let's do the Giants next. Uh, new coach. I like Brian Dable, but you know it's a tough adjustment when you have a new coach uh, from time to time. I don't know if you can like him just yet. Yeah. You well, think no. you, well, you think there was a lot of talent in Buffalo to make him look good? Yes. That's an awful lot of talent in Buffalo. Look at the receiver they had. Um, the defense. Oh, their just defense. look at the team, period. True. You know, they were stacked, man. And, you know, you had that quarterback, bro. They don't have that quarterback there. You know, and, and you know, he, he, that kid had a cannon. cannon. So, yeah, he comes in. He, he inherited a, a, a dumpster fire. They don't know what they have a quarterback in Daniel Jones. Um, You look at, you know, they gave Kenny Galladay a whole lot of money. He has done nothing. No. Sterling Shepard's been on that team forever and has done ever. nothing. Kadaris Tony hasn't lived up to expectation. Their number one draft pick back in 21. He yeah. has done absolutely nothing. They let their wires, their best um they let their best um tight end go. Yeah. Um so you yeah. know they aren't they aren't looking they aren't looking as good anywhere as good as they usually look. Um they did pick up great picks in the first, you know, because Evan Neal is everything he's he's going to be cracked. I thought up. they had a good draft. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau. Yes. Everything. He's going to be worth everything they did to get him. Uh, on the defense side of the ball, Leonard Williams is still a good player. I like him. Um, Dexter Lawrence is still a good player. I like him. Yeah. But then after that, you know, it's, it's few and far between uh, as far as, you know, what they bring to the table. And I don't see them being, a, you know, as explosive as they were on the defensive side of the ball as that they need to be to 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 compete in this division. You're gonna have to that's why I was so glad that this uh this Eagles team they build from the inside out. They build from mm-hmm. the offensive defensive line out. And half their defensive line can compete. The other half can't. You gotta be almost totally balanced, man, to 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 really stop people in this in this division. You know, because you know, you look at you look at Dallas. You know, they were built well for a long time with their offensive line, and their defensive line. Look at the Washington team; they were built well. Their front, you know, their 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 off. Say what you want to say, their offensive line was kind of the cream of the crop for a long time. Their defensive line is now one of the better defensive lines in the league right now. I mean, they have like six first rounders on their um their front seven in in, in Washington. Now mm-hmm. you look at the you know the Giants. All right, you got two guys that can play. We, we we still need to see what Thibodeau can do, but two guys that can play. Although I love their their middle linebacker, Blake Martinez. You know, tough he, dude. He's tough. really yeah. tough dude. Yeah, but there's a reason why Green Bay let him go. That dude yeah. misses too many tackles and open. He's, you know what? I had high hopes for him, but I was so glad when Green Bay finally let him go. He's a nightmare. He's an either or player. Yep. Yep. You know, he either he's either where he's supposed to be or he's totally lost. That's been his mo his whole career. <laughs> So, I mean, well, I look, what I can't get past, simply put, is Daniel Jones. I don't believe yeah. in Daniel Jones. I don't think he's the guy. I don't think he's going to be the – I think they're going to try and squeeze one more year out of him simply because they, they weren't in a position to really – it was a weak quarterback draft and there was, you know, whatever. They didn't feel the need to go after a Mayfield or whatever. I, I just don't believe in him. And I think they've, they've tried to justify that pick for a few years now. They're trying to do it one more year, and I think this is where Dable at the end of the year is going to say – Guys, we, we this isn't going to work with this guy. We got to figure something out here ultimately. And and I give Dable credit because I think he did develop Josh Allen. Uh, I think he, he he helped get him to to where he is. Certainly the tools were there, but he but he 
he could have gone either way, Josh Allen. He could have been kind of Wentzian, you know, minus all the injuries, but he's he's taking it a different direction. But I really think it comes down to Daniel Jones. I, I look at I look at Dayball and I say this because I was watching the NFL Network earlier today, and they were talking about the Giants, and they're showing video of Dayball out in the field, and he's chest bumping players, walking up and down the field, high fiving players. The first thing a new head coach has to do is win over his team in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And it appears right now he's won them over. Now, obviously, you're not going to really know how much they believe in him until the, you, the bullets start flying for real. But the first thing is you have to win them over, and I think he's done that. Secondly, I think he's going to bring a breath of fresh air to this offense um, that the Giants haven't seen in quite some time. You look at how the Bills ran their offense. The Bills ran an offense similar to what Kansas City does. They use misdirection plays. They use gadget plays. There's a lot of different things to try to throw a defense off his game. And while the the Giants do lack a quarterback, they don't have a Josh Allen. They don't have a Patrick Mahomes. They have enough, I think, in other places. Now, Saquon Barkley is going to be a key coming off that major knee injury. He's going to be a key. But when you look at the pass catchers, they do have. He's a year removed from that, though, bro. Yeah, he is. He is. But, Barrett, as you know, when you're a big back and you ask to carry the ball 300 times a season, that makes a young back old real quick. You know, I, I think he has a breakthrough season. I think he comes out of shell and becomes probably the best back in the division. Dep- um, depends on how much that Giants offensive line has improved. You right, guys, right, you guys right. realize he only averaged three point seven yards per carry yes. last year. I mean, yes. he, he played thirteen games, had had almost six hundred yards rushing. But man, that was, that was shocking to me, um, Rob. Yeah. That was really shocking to me that he played in thirteen games last I, year and I only know. had six hundred something yards. Barrett, he only averaged like a little more than 45 yards per game wow. in the games yeah. that he played. Like they took, they took him out of the games. Defenses took him out of games. I also, I just, and I, man, I he's a great dude too if you've ever been around him. But I don't know, man. I don't know if there, there isn't something that's been lost there with him. I wonder. I like, I, I love the way he plays the game, man. I do too. I, yeah, I, I do too. He's got crazy I, talent. I think he's gonna be back, bro. Okay. I hate to say it, but I think he's gonna be back. All right, fair enough. Let, but you, let's but jump. you got the but you got the pass catchers too to do some damage with their team. It's all predicated with the quarterback. And like I said, I, I'm not a Daniel Jones fan. I don't believe in him until you can show me. But I do think a, an, an innovative, creative mind like Dabo can can make him a better quarterback in terms of managing games. I don't see Daniel Jones as a guy who can win you a lot of games. Right. Well, can Dabo get him to manage games better than he's managed games prior to his arriving there? Yeah, it's a million-dollar question, right? And it, it, I agree with you. It will be the, the right term is manage. All right, so let's yep. go to the uh, the commanders here. Let's start with the obvious. There's always craziness swirling around the organization. As long as Daniel Snyder is there, there's always going to be that that cloud hovering above them. And it's he not makes good. it too easy, doesn't he? He does. He really <laughs> does. So. That's a given. You're always going to have off-the-field stuff that you have to deal with, and with the players and coaches hate having to talk about that stuff. But they do have Ron Rivera. Um, they're going to get Chase Young back, who looked like, man, if he had stayed healthy, what a year he would have had last year. They have some real studs up front. They have some really good defensive players. And they have some good talent on offense, man. Yeah, I mean, do. Terry McLaurin, uh, uh, you know, uh, Gibson, uh, among others. And they drafted the kid Dotson out of Penn State. Yeah. So there's talent there. Um, the Really, a lot of this, it's going to feel like we're talking about the Eagles here for a second, but a lot of it I think is going to come down to the quarterback. And, and what is Carson Wentz going to be in Washington? And is it going to is he going to 
figure this thing out, guys, because he's on his third organization now in, in two years. You know, it, it didn't his numbers aren't terrible if you just look at his numbers on face last year with the Colts. However, we saw how it ended and we saw how badly they wanted to get him out of town, which tells you there was a lot going on behind the scenes. So where are we on Washington, Bear? Bro, I, I would say um, I, you guys know how I feel about that offense. I mean, that defense, you know, you look at I'm looking at them. They got five. They literally have five first rounders from from 2018 all the way up to 2021. There is a first round guy sitting right there front and center starting in their front seven. So, I mean, that's how you do it. That's how you that's how you draw up the playbook as far as building the defense. That's exactly what you need. But um, offensively, I'm really impressed with what they have from a from a weapon standpoint. Yeah. I mean, look at the receivers. A guy that nobody really talks about, but ended up being one of the better receivers last year was Cam Sims, you know, former um Alabama wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So talented, you know, and then they have you yep. know Terry McLaurin, great player. They had Jahan Johnson, you know, he Jahan's gonna he's gonna be a, a guy that you know they're gonna have to take notice of. He's great at he's, tracking deep balls. Exactly. People who didn't get a chance to see him at Penn State, man. He he's he is he's a good player. Dynamic. Yep. Um then you have at the tight end position, you know, Logan Thomas was hurt last year, but Logan is a really good yes, he is. Um, converted tight end. Tight end. Yeah. You know, converted from um, quarterback yep. from out of Virginia Tech, right? Yeah, he, he was a gigantic quarterback, yeah. and, and now he's bulked up more. He's a big dude, man. Yep. He is a yep. big cat. Yep. Then you look at, um, you know, Antonio Gibson. If they can learn how to run the ball consistently with him, I love his style of play. He played receiver while at Memphis State, you know, with, with his counterpart, you know, Mm-hmm. With our guy, but Gainwell, yeah, you know him and Gainwell on the same backfield, and Gainwell started in front of Gibson actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gibson, you know, I, I like his running style, I like his run game. It's just that offensive line that I'm worried about that I'm that I see they, is their they lost draw. a couple pieces too. They, they lost yeah, Brian Scherf, who's yep, the anchor yep. of that offensive line. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's yeah. gone now. They don't have you know Big Moses there anymore. Trent's not there. This is a very um. That's their. I would say that's their biggest weakness. I mean, obviously, we don't know about Wentz, but I would say the O line is a, is a pretty big question mark, Barry. You know what? I don't think Wentz is going to be a question mark. You know, he's going to be a good quarterback until he messes it up. You know, he'll mess it up, but he'll be a good quarterback until it's time for him to you know put it on the line, and he won't be there. So we have that you know working in our favor. He won't win the big game because well, he, he hasn't done so. All right, l- let me stay on that, and I'll pose this to whoever wants to jump on it when it comes to Wentz. Do you think the last couple of years woke him up at all to take a different approach to being more coachable, to not being as stubborn, whatever was going on in the locker room with him, the dynamic part of it? Do you think this is he'll change his ways or this is who he is till till the end? Rob, after you, you know, after you find out the first time and hear everything that happened about the first time, and mm-hmm. now you're in a different organization, you have a time, you have time to rewrite the wrongs that you wrote in the previous relationship and you still go back and still stay that hey saying you are that is what he is i don't mm-hmm. see him being any different because at this point he doesn't feel as though anything's different or I mean, uh, anything's wrong with his behavior Oof. and i'm not saying that his behavior is wrong it's just not it doesn't fit uh within a a, a football locker room just put it like that mm. it doesn't fit within the football locker room He's okay. just not. He's just not a. Um, so you think he's going to stay? He, he's not changing his 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 evil no. ways, as as Santana once said. You know, what, you know, what do you think there? Evil. I don't think. I don't think he's evil though. I think. It's I know. I, I, that was my. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm saying that it has nothing to do with anything. But he just. 
doesn't hold himself accountable for anything. That's right. Accountability is a, is that's a, a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Yep. Carson, Carson Wentz is at the crossroads of his career. And if he's true to himself, he needs to take a good hard look at himself in the mirror. You know, a lot of times we say people, you know, people who always are in the wrong place at the wrong time are going, it wasn't me. I don't know what happened, but it wasn't me. Well, obviously it was you when two organizations in a year span basically leak information that you were not who they wanted you to be. You're going to have to take a good hard look in the mirror at yourself and decide, do you want to play football? Do you want to be a backup? Or is it time for you to get on with life's work? You've made a lot of money in a short amount of time in this league. You have the talent to be a special quarterback in this league, but yet your personality has rubbed too many people the wrong way, decision makers the wrong way, teammates the wrong way. What do you want to do? This is what you sacrifice your body for from high school to college is to get a chance to play in the National Football League. You're still in the prime of your career. What are you going to do at this stage of your career? Ron Rivera and the commies might be your last option to be a viable starting quarterback in the National Football League. You have talent around you to do some good things in your division and in the conference. Nobody's talking about you in terms of being one of the teams to beat in the NF in the NFC. You can change that dynamic real quick. Get out of the gate right. Be, get your head on straight. Minimize your mistakes. Play the game the way people evaluated you playing the game at this level. All that other stuff put aside. Not many people get a third chance. You know, a second chance maybe, but not many get a third chance. This is your third chance in three years to prove a lot of people and yourself wrong and, and right in a lot of ways. What are you going to do with this opportunity, Carson Wentz? Well said. Well said. All right. So uh, let's step aside. Let's come back, and we will uh, turn our sights to a little hoops. Derek Bodner is going to join us. We'll talk to him about the Melton trade. We'll talk to him about what's going to happen with Harden, with what happened yesterday with Kyrie Irving, how this all shakes out and plays out in the NBA. Never a dull moment, that's for sure. We'll talk to Derek Bodner. Westbrook also. Yep, Yep, exactly right. We'll do all that. When we get back, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, I want to tell you about my friends at Pro Action Restoration. If you're a home or business owner, you, you may have experienced the pain and inconvenience of either water, fire, smoke, or, or mold damage to your property or your building, and you know how trying that can be. And you may not have found the right people to help you with that. Well, I have the right people, and I'm going to give you the heads up about these people in case it happens to you. I hope it doesn't, but if it does, you want to be ready. And that's ProAction Restoration. They're all called 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I've gone through it personally, and they were just spectacular. They came out on a Saturday. They cleaned it up. They were their crew was just unbelievably professional, and the price was very reasonable. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. Again, could be water, could be fire, could be smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it. They're there, and they can handle it. Just give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or reach out online, ProActionRestoration.com, ProActionRestoration.com.
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hour number three. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Take. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. Time to turn our sights on a little round ball. And joining us right now, I would suggest each and every one of you subscribe to the Daily Six newsletter. You can also follow him on Twitter at Derek Bodner NBA, our, uh, our good friend Derek Bodner. Derek, welcome back to the show, man. How you been? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, Derek. So uh, certainly a lot to dive into, man. Uh, we haven't had the opportunity to talk to you yet. Um, about the Melton trade, which they pulled off on draft night. Um, well, let, let's start there. I think some people were looking for more more of a splash, but uh, they bring in Melton, who can do a lot of different things for you for a bench that was really, really lacking in, in a big way. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, I think um, they have very few assets to trade, so I think maybe some people were holding out hope that maybe this 23rd pick and what's a pretty weak draft could maybe get them a little more. I think that was probably a little bit unrealistic. Um, you know, this is a draft where, I don't think many people thought it was real deep. Um, this was a draft where trade or draft picks in the 20s just didn't have a lot of value. You know, for what they were looking for, you're talking about a guy in, in Melton who is a good on-ball defender, a good team defender, and has grown into a more than capable three-point shooter over the last two years. And he's 24 and under a pretty team-friendly contract. I think this is a, a pretty good trade for what you had to work with. Um, it's not a splashy name, but quite frankly, they needed depth probably more than they need to splash your name anyway. I think it's a, I think it's a good addition. Well, let me ask you real quick, just to follow on that there. Cause a lot of the, the a lot of flip side will say, well, why would an up and coming team like Memphis let him go? Is it strictly just looking down the line? Morant's going to cost you a lot. Uh, Bain's going to cost you a lot. Was this just a money move for them? 
Well, it's money moving. Also, I mean, they have a a deep um, you know guard rotation. You know, you're talking about Ja Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, like all players who are capable um, and deserving of playing time in that backcourt rotation. You can only have so many, you know, shortish guards uh, in your rotation. I think at times you saw that with Memphis where they, um, you know, they, they have more talent on the perimeter than quite frankly, I think they know what to do with. So I think it made sense. You know, they were obviously targeting Roddy there who they selected in the draft. They saw a chance to move up and get him with for a player who, you know, they probably realized they weren't going to be able to keep all of these guards around long term. I'm a little surprised they weren't able to get more value for him. But it's also, I mean, it's not like DeAnthony Melton's a perfect player. Like he is, you know, he has his deficiencies um, in terms of, you know, shot creation, uh, creating off the dribble, creating for others. He's not a great passer. He is only 6'3". Like he's not perfect. So I think they saw a way to get a prospect they like while also clearing a little bit of that backcourt logjam. Derek, my biggest concern about this Sixers team, and, and I'm not surprised because I've talked about this a number of times, is... We're basically basically going to see the same nucleus and productivity or lack thereof from this team this upcoming season that we had to go through last season. It's going to be a team that's going to be good enough to get to the playoffs, but a team not good enough to go deep into the playoffs. And my biggest concern is, and we've talked about this, how much longer can Joel, Joel Embiid be the good soldier before he starts speaking volumes about his displeasure with this organization. Yeah, uh, and look, the offseason is not over with, but this might end up being the biggest chip that they have to play. Um, you know, they don't have that many other ways, and we'll see what they do with contracts, whether they can clear enough space for that bigger mid-level exception, become a bigger free agent uh, player in free agency, maybe P.J. Tucker. But you're probably talking about role-playing type players. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's fair to wonder whether or not Embiid and way more specifically Harden can carry them to a championship level of contention. Um, but I'm not also not sure that there are going to be very many avenues to completely change that equation here this summer. You know, I think I look at it and I say, well, all right, there weren't, there wasn't a big swing available. Is it good to get a solid single or double uh, at best with a draft pick? And I, th I think it probably was. Um, so I do evaluate it a little bit like this is what they had to work with. I think they did pretty well. But that concern about Joel Embiid, um, look, I, I, I have no doubt that he will give them at the very minimum, and I want to be clear, it's just a minimum, this year, see how it plays out. Uh, if there's a train wreck, train wreck this season, we can reevaluate it. Um, but that clock is always a concern. Um, but I think they at least, you know, help them out in this trade. Mm. Um, Derek, what do they have that's, that's going to help them take them over the top now? We, we, we know that, um, you know, Tobias Harris is still going to be on the team, along with Maxi, along with Harden, Embiid. Who else do they have right now that can contribute in a way which can get them over the top? You know, they don't have any money or anything yeah. to go. So, I mean, no, we'll look, play it back again, right? If they, yeah, if, if they're going to become a championship caliber team, it's because I'm not even really sure what this would be, but Joel Embiid takes another step. James Harden gets back to a reasonable facsimile of what he was or Tyrese Maxey takes some, takes a monster step. It's, it's going to be one of those three players. You hope that they have enough depth to take advantage of that. If that happens, but in order to be able to beat, you know, golden state or even come close to it, even to be able to beat Boston or Milwaukee, they need one of those three players to take a massive step. Um, I think in terms of, you know, it's not like they need James Harden to be anything he hasn't ever been, but they need James Harden to be a version that he hasn't been for a year and a half now or they need Tyrese Maxey to continue to grow. And I think if you're looking for reasons of optimism, uh, Tyrese Maxey is obviously the, the clear front runner there. I mean, this is a guy who 
increased by leaps and bounds from his first to second year. Uh, you don't know how much more he can improve, but if there's anyone who's going to push that limit, I think it's probably going to be him. Uh, I believe in him and his work ethic a lot, but you need someone to change the narrative between those three. Derek, does in your estimation, is Eric Gordon off the table? And how realistic is P.J. Tucker? Yeah, I mean, Eric Gordon, there's really no way to, the only way they had to be able to, because in order to make trades in the NBA, you have to jump through all kinds of Excel spreadsheet hoops and match money. Um, the only real way they had to do that was with Danny Green's $10 million contract. Um, without that, uh, there's really not many, really any outside of maybe making it a bigger Tobias Harris trade. There's no other way to trade smaller contracts to get to the $15 million, $15.5 million you'd have to send out to be able to acquire Eric Gordon. So that De'Anthony Melton trade, um, or the acquisition of Melton trading Danny Green's contract, I think pretty much killed that possibility. Mm. Uh, PJ Tucker would be a little bit, it's still a little bit in play. They would have to, because if you sign the reported uh, contract for PJ Tucker is three years, 30 million. In order to do that, you'd have to use the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. Basically, there are two different versions of a taxpayer. You can use one of the two, um, or of the mid-level, you can use one of the two. If you use a non-taxpayer, which is bigger, it can start up to about $10 million rather than a lower one, $6 million. If you use a bigger one, you have to stay under what's called the apron threshold, which is $155 million. In order for them to be able to sign P.J. Tucker to that three years, $30 million, they'd have to clear about 5 to $7 million at a minimum off of their salary cap sheet right now. That could come in the form of maybe, um, you know, maybe James Harden opts out and signs a slightly smaller than Max deal to start off with. That could be a Tobias Harris trade. That could be trading Furkan Korkmaz and or Matisse Thibel into a team with cap trades. There are ways to do it. But right now, they couldn't um, offer him that contract, and they have to make some maneuvers to to do so. Mm-hmm. Wow. I can't see it, man. <laughs> I just can't see it because I'm... I, I mean, the only way you were going to see it is if you believed in James Harden, and that's not going to change here over the summer. There's just, I don't think anyone of that kind of significance is going to change teams. Well, do, you Derek, be, what, do you believe in Harden? Yeah. The, no, um, not, not, in, <laughs> not in terms of being a top 15 player. No, I still think he's a good player, but I don't yeah. expect him to become 2018 James Harden over a summer. No. Yeah. What's your sense of what the numbers are going to look like, Derek? I mean, we we know the opt-in. He's got to make that call very soon here. Uh, that'll be 47. What are the – if we're assuming there's going to be additional years and it feels like when they – you know, when Daryl Morey calls it a mutual love fest that it's probably going to happen here, which yeah. I, I'm still stunned. Like, why – all right. Anyway, I'm not going to get off on that tangent. We, we don't have enough time. Derek, you'd be here till midnight if I started. Um are we are we talking about like in the 40s each year? Like, what are we looking at here? Oh like, yeah, no, 50, it's. I, I, I mean, it depends. Like, if the original reporting that he was going to opt into his year, uh, his remaining year, which would be 47.4 million dollars, and then it would, if it's a two-year deal, a uh, two-year extension, it would go up by eight percent annually from there. Um, so it would be topping out at upwards of 50 million dollars. Which, to be honest, um, you know, I think there's a big need for them to try to trim a million or two off of or a couple million three four five to try to get under that apron threshold though so just talking about so they can offer the bigger mid-level i think that's that should be a priority if they can talk them into it but the second priority for me is is limiting it to three years or fewer all the reporting up to this point has been that um it would be a two-year extension on top of the one remaining year so i do think that helps the sixers a little bit um but it's going to be for if whether it starts at 42 million or 47 million it's going to be for big money for probably i think three years Mm. Well, nobody's getting nobody. 
nobody said, let me, George Niang, yep. why? Furkan Korkmaz, why? Sure, sure. Paul, I, you know, I, I like Paul Reed, but Paul Millsap, why? I mean, DeAndre Jordan, why? You know, I, I don't understand that. Well, how come those guys can stay on the roster? You know, what, what's keeping those guys on the roster still? Well, I mean, Furkan, because he's got two years and $10 million left, and he would probably be difficult to trade, at least certainly for any value, but even just to take someone to uh, take that contract. So I think he's, he's maybe you could find someone, but he's staying for his contract. Young. Yeah, he's young. Um, you know, I look, George Yang is very flawed. He's making like three or $4 million. He's not making much money at all. Um, so I think that's why, you know, it, I think the mid-level, the basically mid-tier, the median salary for an NBA right now is like nine to $10 million. So he's making, you know, pretty much bench player money and he's a bench player. Um, and in terms of like why for some of the other old big guys, because they don't have very much flexibility and they can only offer minimum contracts and they didn't hit on those this past year. Um, they do not have it. Regardless, they do not have enough depth. I'm not uh, entirely convinced that they have the means to get that depth here this summer. And that's, I think that's going to be a significant concern for next Derek, season. Derek, how long do you think it'll take this organization to come out from under this, this cap umbrella and, and maybe go in a little bit different direction? Are we looking at two years, three years? Yeah. Well, th- I mean, that was part of the reason why I mentioned um, that they need to keep this hardened contract to three years or less yeah. in the summer of 2025. There is a monster cap spike. Um, where there will be a new national TV deal and they will basically triple the amount of revenue they bring in from national TV deal. And you could see that salary cap jump from what's now like $122 million for this upcoming season to maybe $170, $175 million. And you have um, Tobias Harris only has two years left on his contract. So if you can keep uh, James Harden's a three-year, so it lines up with that cap spike, then yeah, in three years, which nobody wants to hear, and I don't even really want to say because Joel Embiid will be 31 and who knows what will happen. But theoretically, you could be sitting there with Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and maximum cap space. That's really, and they could probably come out uh, of this cap situation in 2024 as well if they offer Harden less than a three-year deal. But you're looking at that kind of time frame. Please don't tell me three more years of James Harden. Please, please I mean, don't tell me this. Please, you're probably watching three more years of James Harden. Oh, come on, man! <laughs> I told you not to tell it's me this. Derek on Derek crime right there. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Derek, let, let me ask you then. I, I guess. The question I would have is we know that Daryl Morey um, has pulled some rabbits out of his hat before. Uh, you know, the, the people didn't think he could unload Horford. He's done other things that have made you say, whoa, okay. It feels like he's kind of painted into a corner here in a lot of ways. But do you sense that there's something coming here bigger? Because it feels like this is almost like a run it back scenario. Yeah, I don't sense there's something bigger coming here in the next uh, a couple of months, like in the summer, I don't sense something bigger. I could be wrong. Um, fre- very frequently am. I could show you my draft prediction track record <laughs> to prove that, but I don't think necessarily I sense something coming here this summer, but I think where Daryl Moore is going to keep his eyes and ears open is always, you know, I think he's always looking for that star. Uh, but I think he needs, it needs to be the right situation. And honestly, I think part of the benefit of the, um, the Anthony Melton trade is they had very little mid tier salary. Like all their salaries were like, you know, Tobias Harris and $37 million or more or Furkan Korkmaz and $5 million or less. They didn't really have any tradable mid-tier salary. And especially after that Daniel Green injury where his $10 million was non-guaranteed, he wasn't going to be picked up um, to be on the team next year. Basically flipping that for a guy who's a positive value contract in the $8 million range, I think that does help them for future trades. But they just have so few assets that it's going to be tough to cobble together enough to eventually 
um, make a big splash. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't sense anything big on the horizon. Let's put it that way. In, in your estimation, why are so many people down on Tobias Harris? I like him as a player. I don't think he's a great player, but I do think he is an efficient player. Um, and I think he he's good for this team at both ends of the court. For the life of me, I can't figure out why so many people just seem to be down on Tobias Harris. Well, I can I can give you thirty seven million reasons. <laughs> um, well, please give me some because I'm, what am I missing here? Well, I mean, when we start talking about this financial constraints, like a big part of that is that he is a probably twenty to twenty five million dollar playing player being paid for a thirty seven million dollar player. That's okay. not his fault. Like I would have signed right. the darn check too. Yep. Um, that's Elton Brand's fault for offering him, but that has placed them under you know, tough financial situations for a while there in terms of flexibility, not financial in terms of Josh Harris, because he's doing just fine. Um, you know, but I think it's a combination of that. You know, I think he's a little, if you want him to be like a, a 20 to 25 point per game score, uh, your primary, maybe initiator on the, the perimeter. I don't think he's quite built for that because, you know, I think he is, is passing his playmaking for others, his, his ability to get the line and be a little more efficient. He doesn't do that well. Um, and in terms of being a role player, he's not, he's a little uncomfortable shooting three ball at high volume. Um, he's a improving defender and I give him a lot of credit for that. I think he's gotten a lot better. He's not a shutdown defender. So I think he's just, he's more like he's competent at a bunch of things right, and not right. great at any. And I think when you're being paid to be, you know, $37 million, I think that frustrates a lot of people. All right. Man. So I got to ask you, Derek, let's jump around the league a little bit. There was, you know, a lot flying around yesterday. And then finally, because he had to, because, it, you know, the, the, the trade deadline or the, uh, the deadline to opt in came up and it appeared like there wasn't a whole lot of interest other than him maybe being able to take the mid-level exception with the Lakers and money talks, despite the, you know, the, the, the quote, normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow, Mr. Heroic, you know, profit. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he ends up staying in in Brooklyn. Um, what was your sense of where that was headed? Was there was there any? I know he put the Sixers as one of the teams on his list. Was there any chance that was happening? And how do you think things shake out in Brooklyn? No, I mean from what I understand, the only real people interested in in trading for him on that contract were the Lakers. And the Lakers, their package to match salary would have had been um, based around Russell Westbrook, and and the Nets, understandably so, had no interest in that deal. Uh, so I think, you know, his uh, courage to go back and, and take 31 more million dollars with the Nets, I think is probably largely because a lot of the teams he listed just weren't going to trade for him. So he didn't really have all that many. He was backed into a corner, a courageous corner, but still backed into a corner. Um, what does that mean going forward? You know, there was, uh, I think it was Sham Sharania uh, said that he, and, and I think it was a statement from Kyrie that he was um, not, had turned down uh, the chance for an opt-in and trade. I not sure I, I buy that. I think uh, if something happens here in the next couple of months and maybe another team is interested or that relationship between the Nets and Kyrie, which still seems very strained, uh, becomes worse. Um, I'm not convinced he's going to be here for the next year, but I think he is going to be here for now. Would you want a Kyrie on your no, roster, on no, your team? No. But look, he's he would be a fight, fantastic fit with Joel Embiid. He'll be much better as a fit at this player at this point in his career than James Harden. He has more left as a scorer. As a pick-and-roll playmaker and shooter, he would be a fantastic pairing next to Joel Embiid. But no, I would have no interest in in him. Um, it, you, you just you can't count on him. You can't yeah, count on he's him. a phenomenal talent, but he's a head case. You cannot it, count on him whatsoever, absolutely. You don't need that in your locker room. Gee, oh. No, he'll be on good behavior this year to an no, extent because he's in the last year of his deal. Yeah, no, 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 to an extent. No, he won't. But he'll no, still, he won't. The wind will blow wrong you never and he know. will sit out for two weeks and he won't explain it to anybody and he'll just not show up. You know that's coming, but yeah, I hear you. Barrett, did you want to jump in? 
I, I just want to say you've been saying it about me for a long time, Derek, and I still am here ready to play every single day, <laughs> day in and day out, man. Yeah, but I have to drink Maalox after three hours with you. <laughs> Good point. Um, uh, um, if I was going to ask about you still, I mean, are you still under the, you know, under this duress, you and Rob, uh, that Bradley Bill would not be a fit here in Philadelphia? I mean, he would be an okay fit. I just, I don't, I don't think he's leaving Washington. I think he's, he's staying where he is. Um, I don't think he would be a perfect fit. You know, I think the fact that he had a very down year uh, at, you know, he's approaching 30 um, with injury concerns and that contract is going to be a massive contract. So I would have concerns over that next contract, but I think he would be a good fit alongside Joel Embiid for sure. Derek, I, I want to ask you about that contracts. Um, you know, we saw Westbrook opt in at, you know, insane money, 47.1 hard nest kind of money that he just opted, in, opted into. We saw John Wall, they, he opted in and then they came to a buyout agreement. Looks like he's going to go to the Clippers, but you know, he set out all of last year. Um, does the NBA recognize this issue that they have on their hands uh, in particular with the situations like wall where, where you're getting the guy, we're not even pretending that the guy's not, you know, yeah. injured or anything like that. Does Adam Silver, do you think recognize this and what can you do to put, you know, some, some restrictions in place so this doesn't happen? And can you, yeah, I mean, look, if I had the answer to that, I'd be making a lot more money as a commissioner. I think he has a very tough job ahead of him because the Players Union, the Players Association is strong. Um, and there's a CBA coming up, I think, in 2024 is, I think, when the next one is up. So maybe they will be able to put something with a little more teeth into it there. But I think by and large, this is you know one of the trade-offs of having a very strong Players Association. Um, I'm not sure that they will be able to do much. I'm not sure that they can do much until you get a chance to sit down with that uh, association and renegotiate a new collective bargaining agreement. I think this is sort of um, what you're left with. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. And I, I'm not sure um, Adam Silver has as much problem with what happened there uh, in um, Houston. Um, I'm, I think he probably has much more of a problem with what happened with the Sixers and Ben Simmons, but it's, I've never seen a player just and a team come to an agreement about a, player making that kind of money sitting out for an entire season when he's healthy it's it's very strange will ben simmons ever play again in the nba <laughs> um look i uh, a year ago i would have said like that's silly of course he will i think i still think he will because i think there's a a very big financial incentive for him to play again in the nba uh but it is i i think there's a lot um you know <laughs> i don't know i'm glad i don't have to worry about it to be honest <laughs> Right, because I know how much you enjoy breaking down his fishing tweet <laughs> and all those other things. Um, I, I won't go there with you, Derek, but just to stay on the Simmons thing, do you think you think Brooklyn is looking at this very differently than how they anticipated it was? Do you think they're having second thoughts here or buyer's remorse regarding him? You have to, right? I mean, you, you really have to. And they were, it feels like just a day ago, they were signing James Harden to join Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and you thought this was going to be the next Eastern conference dynasty. And you had a global pandemic, which then unleashed Kyrie Irving's inner conspiracy theorist and caused James Harden to want to go elsewhere after James Harden really got a serious injury for the first time in his career. And you were, it seems like you were on the doorstep of losing all three of your tent pole stars mm -hmm. in the span of what? Five months. Mm -hmm. uh, it, how quickly that deteriorated and i know that they're still going to have durant and irving and now ben simmons there for a um for at least a little bit here 
but how quickly that whole relationship sort of deteriorated uh, and there's so much uncertainty there. And I think still a lot of uncertainty there. Um, yeah. I think you have to be a little bit like, yeah, I, I think you have to have a little buyer's remorse. Mm. Um, and I think that was a little bit of a, a package deal. So I'm not sure if they um, could have, have accomplished getting Kevin Durant any other way, but it's been stunning for sure. Mm. No well, doubt. let me ask you this. Um, what's your sense on, on Doc going forward, Doc Rivers going forward, and will he be able to execute something other than a, a second-round um, exit for the playoffs? We're, uh, we're, we're taking this to a, a positive note, I see. Um, <laughs> look, I think Doc Rivers is a good regular season coach who, I mean – that's why I said take it to the second round. No, I know. I know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. He's trying to be politically correct. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to say it slow so we can all pick it up. I'm going to oh, say it oh, slow. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That is impressive. That's awesome. Well, I, I love the first podcasting. That's actually that. a first on the show. Our, <laughs> one of our guests using their I own drops. It. I love it. I love it. <laughs> work, man. Um, look, I, I think in the right situation, Doc can win. Uh, I don't think he was – and to be honest, this past – uh, playoffs. I don't think he was the biggest problem. Um, I think he made a major mistake not playing Paul Reed earlier. I think playing DeAndre Jordan and relying on him was a mistake. But I yeah. think he corrected that for the playoffs. And for the most part, I think the Sixers lost because Joel Embiid got hurt. And yep. they, quite frankly, just weren't good enough. James Harden wasn't good enough. Specifically, um, I don't... I Go back two years ago against the Hawks, I blame Doc Rivers a lot more for that one than I did this past one. Mm-hmm. That being said, can I give you confidence that he will win a coaching battle in the Eastern Conference semifinals or Eastern Conference finals? No. Uh, I think he's a little bit stuck in his way. I think he takes a little too long to adapt. I think he does a real good job of setting sort of like a base scheme and a base system that his stars can operate in. But I think when you get to the playoffs, he can be outcoached for sure. Um, A lot of times, talent wins. And I think if you were looking for optimism, you have Joel Embiid and that gives you a chance. Um, But I'm not super confident that Doc Rivers is going to win you a coaching uh, playoff series. All right, Derek. Last one for me is Matisse Thybulle a Sixer when the when the year starts? Ooh, it's a good question. Uh, it's one I'm not a hundred percent sure on. Uh, I think a week ago before the Melton trade, I would have said no. I think with the Melton acquisition, they're a little less uh, desperate to create a little bit of space under the apron. I will say yes, but it's very close. It's very close to fifty fifty. I think. I still yeah. think that if they can clear some space and get an asset down the line. Maybe that's a first round draft pick in 2023 or 2024 uh, and use Matisse to clear a little bit of cap space. If they're not able to get Harden to take a discount on the first year, I could still see a pathway where they do that so they can then sign PJ Tucker. Okay. Uh, but All I think right. it would take a draft pick or something in the future for them to do so. So I will say yes, but it's real close to 50, 50. Derek, great insights, man. Uh, Thank tell you, everybody. Bro. Yeah. Just, just check him out. Uh, of course the daily six newsletter. You can also follow Derek on Twitter as well at Derek Bodner NBA. And but Derek, we, we, I think we asked this last time. What's the name of the cat? What, what, what do we have here? Would you ask pop that question? I would ask pop. What is the, <laughs> what is the name of the cat? We need I love it. it. Uh, Cooper. Cooper. All right. Cooper's a cutie, man. We, we appreciate it, Derek. Thanks, I was man. trying to Thank focus you. on everything Derek was saying, but I kept seeing his tail swaying back and forth. <laughs> it was great. That was great. Oh, my God. I love that he brought drops. He, he was he was very prepared, man. We got to do this stuff, and we need drops. We do need drops. Xander. That's all, that's I don't all. mean drop me. 
on yes. the show, okay? Drop us on our heads. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Let me think about that for a second. Oh. Okay, uh, no. right, I'm good. You shouldn't right. even uh, introduce that uh, into the equation. All right, right, so let's step aside, guys. We'll come back. We'll do uh, on this date what went down. A uh, little Jay Wright. Uh, interesting comments, which I'll give you as well. Uh, some other odds and then some Phillies news, which isn't necessarily great. I'll give you that when we get back as well. Don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We'll be right back. at 11 with rick williams it's the team you trust to bring it all together the stories that impact your community a sports roundup for the locals and the accuweather forecast you depend on action news at 11 with rick williams all right did you know i was the mommy slam dunk champion really <laughs> yes really don't sound so surprised let's see it oh you're ready all right here we go let's hear the crowd so go to right i go to left fake a mom mama go oh, mama. <laughs> She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Final segment of the show. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Derek Gunn. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Rob Ellis. All right, so let's hit, hit a couple things here, guys, in the, uh, in the open talk segment. So Jay Wright was on uh, John Rothstein's uh, podcast. John uh, covers the, the uh, college basketball very well for, for CBS, uh, CBS Sports. And he was asked specifically, John asked him specifically about uh, returning to coach college basketball. And he said, absolutely not. 
I will not be returning to coach college basketball. Uh, I like my role at Villanova. I like what I'm doing. It's a new challenge. I have no interest in doing that. I, mm. I believe them. And I know there's a lot of skeptics out there that say, give me a break. We hear this all the time from coaches. I don't buy it. Blah, blah, blah. Somebody offers a, you know, drives the Brinks truck up and says, you know, here, here you go. He'll do it again. Uh, maybe if, if somebody said, here's 20 million to coach at a, at a college, maybe, but I don't think Jay Wright will coach again in college basketball. I take Jay Wright at his word. I mean, you know, I, I, and he, I don't, I've never heard him use the word burnout, but sometimes you get burned out. I mean, what else does he have left to accomplish? He's got a couple of national championships. He's recognized as one of the best in his profession. At, a, at, a, at an institution is not considered one of the high-profile basketball institutions in America, but he put that institution on the national map because of the way he coached, the type of players he got, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, people people sometimes think that when it comes to coaching and playing games, it's all about getting money, getting as much as you can while you can. Jay Wright doesn't need the money anymore. He doesn't need right. the notoriety. He doesn't need the recognition. He's done everything he's wanted to do. And he did it all at the same institution for over two decades. So if Jay Wright says he's not coming back to coach college basketball, who am I to doubt him? He, you know, because if he puts his name back in the ring, whether it's the college ranks or the NBA, Jay Wright phone will be ringing off the hook, you know, in terms of people wanting Jay Wright to come help turn their program around. Uh, so, if, you know, if Jay Wright says, I want to spend more time with my family, I want to breathe. I want to do things in my own leisure. I want to be able to enjoy my kids and grandkids and whatever the case may be. More power to them, man, when you can walk away and ride off into the sunset on top of your game like that. Yep. Well said. I, yeah. I buy it too. I, yeah. I mean, hey, I, if yeah. we're, go ahead. You're right. I mean, why does he have to do anything else? He's he's loaded. He's rich. I mean, he's still a part of the university. He's still, you know, part of the athletic department. He, You know, he's going to be able to see guys and – you know, if he wants to go say right. so, he can go say so. You know, this is right. one of his, you know, one of his guys is coaching there. He can just sit back and chill now. What's wrong with just sitting back and chilling? What's wrong with just sitting Nothing. back and be like, all right, you know, yeah. I, I I just want to cool out right now. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Yeah. And enjoy the fruits of your labor. Right. You know what I mean? You you busted your butt for a long time, man, and you're in good financial shape. Go enjoy life. Like. Okay. You miss a lot of things in life. You miss yeah. a lot of your, th your, your things your kids go through. I mean, me, a prime example, I've moved coast to coast. You know, my wife had to play role of mother and father a lot of times because I was always gone, especially during football season. I missed out on a number of my kids' games when they were coming up in the, in the musicals and things like that. And I would have to get the – I would have to get, absorb what they did through my wife telling me how it went, you know, and – you don't get those moments back, you know? Nope. So take advantage of those opportunities. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to be in a position to walk away when you felt like it? Hey, I work because I need to work. Yeah. See what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. You know, you work because you need to work. You work because you need to work. <laughs> got bills to pay. You got yeah. miles to feed, mm -hmm. you know, not in a position Not you know, very few people are in that position to call it quits when they desire and not have to worry about where money's going to come from tomorrow. You yep. know, so good, you know, I'll kudos, say. kudos to him. Kudos to him for being able to do that. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought you wanted to say something, Barry. I didn't want to step no, on you. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm I'm the, the man going to do what he wants to do now. I mean, he can go fishing when he wants to go fishing now. Yep. Amen. He, he doesn't have to buy a boat. He can buy a whole marina. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. Like man. Barrett did. 
Exactly. Uh, th- that <laughs> good for Jay. Not so good for the Philly. Zach Eflin put on the uh, the IL, the fifteen day uh. IL. Yeah, retroactive Sunday, which was the twenty sixth. So, you know, we'll see. He's got thirteen days left on it. He said after that start, he went five innings. It, it took him eighty pitches to get through it, but he said he still wasn't feeling right. Um, so, this is. Something they can ill afford, obviously. They already have the injury with Harper. Now you throw this in there. I would guess it'll be Bailey Falter who they call up to get the nod, but they could use some help in that starting rotation, man. This is not a good this is not a good one for the Phillies. He will not make his next start. Well, so. I mean that sort of that sort of injury is, is nothing you can do for it um except to get rest. Hmm. That's a rest injury, man. You know, and, and, and basically, you know. They've done everything they needed to do to get it right. It's just him, you know, getting the rest they need. He's just going to have to have rest before starts now, a little more than the average uh, pitcher now. So, I mean, it's, it's, it can get better. Once you, once you get it flared up, it takes a while to go down. Once it goes down, you know, you're cool until you get it flared up again. You know, but it's just one of those type of injuries. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys saw any of this. I know, Derek, you referenced it earlier. The Dodgers and the Braves played over the weekend. Phillies will play the Braves tonight. Yeah. But it was the return of Freddie Freeman to Atlanta. Yeah. 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 Man, he was really emotional, like uh, tearing up at one point. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing. This is not a direct quote, but he said, you know, I, I really wanted to stay here, you know, this and that, and, you know, and all these other things. But um, a lot of people were surprised he left the Braves, right? Now, he did go back to LA where he's from originally, et cetera. But Freeman has now hired the agency, or excuse me, fired, fired. Let me be clear fired the agency that represented him this offseason during negotiations, the Excel agency. Mm. So I get a sense that he felt like he was misled a little bit Mm. by them. And maybe they didn't represent him the way he would have wanted on the Atlanta side of this thing. The Braves made um, a 135 million five-year offer that was still on the table. Yeah. In the first days of the owners, you know, lockout that ended. Uh, but you know, whatever. So he ends up going to the Dodgers. I get a sense that he felt like he was, they weren't completely forthcoming with the way everything was going. So that's kind of interesting. Do we know what he got from the Dodgers? Uh, I can, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. I'll find okay. it in a second. Yeah. But that I, I found that kind of interesting because his comments, I mean, as much as you may feel that way and you're trying to give a little love back to Atlanta where you were a long time. Also, if I'm the Dodgers and maybe some of his teammates, I'm like, Hey, dude, you know, you might want to take it easy a little bit with that. You're with us now. You know, nobody put a gun to your head. Um, so he signed a six-year 162 with the Dodgers. Can't blame that. I can't, can't, can't no, argue look that. At, I, I'm not, I'm not ripping him. You know, he's, he's going to make uh, 27 this year. Basically, it's 27 straight up. I'm all from this year all the way through 2027. He'll make 27 million. So, Whew. but it sounds like he would have preferred to have stayed with the Bravos, but well, that, I mean, that's, that's kind of messed up though. He's talking like that and he's a Dodger. Now, that's what bro. I mean. I'm like, dude, you're still talking about your ex. You know what I mean? Right. You're, right. You're right. On. Freddie, Freddie was a God in Atlanta. You know? He was, he was. And, he, you know, he, and based on what, what based, based on what you're saying, it sounds to me like he would have taken less money to stay in Atlanta if he could. It does. See, and yeah. you know, if, if that is the case, now when you when you tell me that he's fired the agency that was representing him, the first thing I want to know is, does that agency still get a percentage of 
his entire new contract with the Dodgers? Was it structured that they get a percentage uh, until he fires them? I, I'd like to know how that contract is structured in terms of how the agency gets paid now for what, what they did for him. Well, he can file a grievance. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that Good. agent still gets that, I, I would yeah. think. Uh, because he was Man. with him when he signed it, you know, bottom line. Uh, you, you would think so, but interesting. I, mean, I get a kickback, you know, if you guys decide you, you guys are going to leave, I, I still get a kickback from, you know, my my, my helping you guys, you know, become a, a Jacob Mito. Did you know you that, Derek? So we have to stay yeah. now. We can't but, get fired any kickbacks. Yeah, but what he, what he didn't tell you is his kickback would only buy a few loaves of bread. There's a, difference. <laughs> a big difference. See? I hear you. you know? Pack of gum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pack of gum. It wouldn't even so, get you. It wouldn't even get you like a, a, a gallon <laughs> of gas. Some, some <laughs> chiclets, maybe. Yeah, at this point, I better hope you're not on E. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, this day in sports history, guys, we go back 25 years. I can't believe it's been that long. But 25 wow. years ago. On this date, on uh, on yeah, June twenty eighth, it was Holyfield Tyson two. It was the rematch, wow. and this was the fight where Tyson bit a part of Holyfield's ear off in the uh, in the match, and you know Holyfield ends up winning a disqualification. The whole thing goes down, but probably the most infamous thing that ever happened in the ring, maybe uh, short of somebody sadly dying. I think it. it, it, it would you guys agree? I mean, that is it's oh, got to yeah. be the most infamous thing that's ever happened. No he, question. He pulled a Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> he, he was hungry. He, he needed a little snack. <laughs> and I would have never thought that, you know, the, to me, being the best fighter ever fight, you know, would go and stoop to something that low. I mean, yeah. I thought he was undefeatable, you know, for a major part of his career. And then I think, all right, he was just slipping a couple of those times. He was just slipping. You know, he didn't work out as you know hard as he usually works out. But it gets, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know what happened. His skill set was gone, but I cannot believe that he bit somebody. When you look at look at how Mike Tyson came up, you know, basically um, in, in the foster home, I believe it was, um, you know, he came up rough, man, in New yeah. York. And Customato uh, found this kid, this raw kid, and turned him into what he was. And even in his heyday, when – he was on top of his game and he was knocking people out in the first round. You know, we, we it was the running joke when we would watch Mike Tyson in his heyday was, hey, you better get in your seat 10 minutes before the fight starts and mm-hmm. you're going to miss the first fight because it's not going to last <laughs> more than the first round. And, not, and nine times out of 10, it did not. But he was a loose cannon back then and make you think that, man, something's wrong with this dude, man. So the fact that he ended up biting somebody in the ring, there's a good part of me that's not surprised that it happened that way. But you know, when we look back on it, I can remember watching the fight, and we're sitting there going, "No, he didn't." Yeah. Oh, you know, because I grew up watching fight fight game. I'm a big boxing fan, and I, I had never seen anything like that, man. You know, you sucker punch somebody below the equator. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, somebody occasionally dying in the ring. Yeah, you saw that. You see guys walk away with eyes look like somebody hit him in the eye with a baseball bag, one side of the face. You know, completely swollen things like that. But to bite somebody's ear off, and you see Holyfield jumping around, and you're going. What the heck's he doing? What yeah. happened? Yeah, you know? crazy. Oh my goodness, man! I, I couldn't believe. I'm like, I, did that just happen? I was sitting I in a sports bar. Uh, it's called. It was called Coaches. It was um, Jim Calhoun. Remember the Connecticut coach? He had a bar in Hartford, Connecticut, and I'm sitting in there with my butt. My buddy came up to visit me uh, at ESPN, and we're and we're watching the fight, and we're like, what? 
And the t- there was like a table in front of us that the guys were like losing their mind. And we're all, you, we're all walking up to like the big screen, like trying to see the replay. Like, wait, th- no, he didn't really do that. Did he? And, and the he whole place was out. like, yeah. And the whole place was like, Oh, after the replay, I mean, craziness. Crazy. Dude, think about that. 25 what, years ago, 97, 97, a year, uh, Sportsnet started. Yes. You know, you know, yeah. 97. Think about that. 25 years has come and gone, man. Mm-hmm. 25 years. I know, man. It's coming up. Man, you guys are getting old. <laughs> it does go fast. Well, the, the the ironic thing is, I think it was yesterday was the anniversary, and it might have been 91. I forget what exact. I think it was 91. Was the uh, 26th anniversary? No, 20, 30, 31st anniversary of the Spinks fight when he knocked Spinks out in like a, a oh, minute yeah. or whatever that was. Michael Spinks, remember that? He just put him away. That's what that was like prime Tyson before the loss to Buster Douglas and all everything else came unglued. Oh, I, I can go one better than that. I tell you the most to me, one of the saddest actually might have been the eighties. I'm sorry, but okay. One of the saddest fights I saw Tyson fight, and I really felt bad for the kid on the receiving end, was when he fought Marvis Frazier. Oh yeah. Man, he mocked he knocked Marvis Frazier into the next millennium, man. Marvis had no business no. being in the ring with him. That that fight I think lasted less than a minute. Yeah. If that man, that was really sad, man. I was like, wow. That, what about that, Jerry Cooney. Oh my god. Yeah, there's there was a lot that's just, Oh my goodness. Oof, bad. <laughs> just just <laughs> just bad, man. Um, all right, so a couple other odds and ends. We touched on this a little bit with Derek Bodner, but John Wall opts in to the Rockets at, at 47.4 million. Then they buy him out. They whittle off 6.5 million. Oh, that's all. Yes. So the Rockets are on the hook for 41 of that. And he he gets to go wherever he wants. He's going to go to the Clippers and join Kawhi and Paul George and that group. The system is broke, fellas. It is broke. How in the world are you negotiating a contract with another team? You're not officially done with one team. How's that possible? I know. It, you know how it is. It's, it's like when these guys sign at the, at, at the brink of midnight. It's like, no, there wasn't any tampering. It just happened. It's unbelievable. In 30 seconds, you know, they were, they were able to do that. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It's incredible. It's like in the NFL. You know, deals are made in November, December, and January. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many stories I've heard. Players walking off the field um, and, and talk to a coach. Hey, coach, uh, just want you to know I'll be a free agent. In March, uh, so keep me in mind. Happens right. all the time. I mean, come on, man. Barry, you, you lived it, man. Oh man, I, I, I just like um when I went to uh to Pittsburgh, I was actually in um with the Giants, and um I don't know, I mean, how it went, you know, but Kevin Colbert, you know, he I knew he was in, I knew he was in Pittsburgh, and I was with the Giants, and I knew that they weren't going to keep me on the squad. I knew they're going to cut me, mm-hmm. so I knew somebody knew somebody else that called. Kevin Colbert told Kevin Colbert and the ink wasn't even dry yet. When they, when I had to sign my, my clearance, I was on my way to Pittsburgh. No kidding. It happened that fast. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I mean, look, good for you. You landed on your feet quick, man. You weren't sweating that one too much. That's good. I was still so sweating. I was still sweating, but um, I, I knew a week before I, I even um, was released that I was going to be in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was, it was cool. But I can remember the first time I really got cut. I was actually um, sitting back, and I had been told by the owner—I'm not the owner, but the head coach, uh, Shanahan. Hey, man, um, you can go ahead and buy a house. You can, you can, you can register kids to school. Uh, do whatever you need to do. You're gonna be—you're gonna be a Bronco. Yeah. 
I'm starting. I'm starting too, man. Mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm in camp and I'm starting. And I knew that Blake Brockmeyer had a clause in his contract that if he if he makes the opening day roster, he was going to be owed like a either a 1.5 or 2.5 million dollar bonus. Ooh. And he goes out and he practices the day before the last um, day of camp, which made him eligible to get that bonus. And as soon as he got that bonus, I went back home like, yo, babe, I'm I'm, I'm going to be out of here. She said, what do you mean? You know, the head coach told me, because he told, he told Sanja to her face, buy a house, do whatever. Jeez. I said, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to be here. Buy a house. Yes, buy, yeah, see, buy a house. Register your kids for school. Buy a house. That's cr- like the, the that's crazy, Barrett. And, and like taking it to that nth degree, where you're basically just saying you tell them, like, what's wrong with just saying, hey, look, we like what you're doing right now, you know, but there's no guarantees. Like, uh, let's just see how this thing shakes. Like, why would right. you do that? I just don't understand that, man. Right, right. So, man, I signed a lease from the apartment. I oh. got went to court furniture and got a whole bunch of furniture. I registered the kids, you know. Cause this happened like two weeks before cut date. Jeez. So I flew everybody up and everything. Everybody was in school. You know, they started school like the next week. They started school. They were supposed to start school. Um, shipped the car up. The car wasn't even up yet. It wasn't even here in town yet. Shipped the car up, and he cut. I got cut before the car even arrived here. That's rough. But, but what made it so bad is. Um, I just had my, my my youngest daughter. She was three weeks old. Oh. Not much, but three oh, weeks old. Uh, and we're in Denver, and I get released. And he's like, well, don't worry about it, you know, because you're going to be picked up by Green Bay, you know, before you clear waivers, you'll get picked up by Green Bay. I said, well, you know, but you told me this. I've registered kid for school. Yada yada yada. Yeah, you know. Don't, well, don't worry about it, man. You're gonna be picked up. I said, but I, I got my whole family coming up here, and as I'm sitting in the phone, as I'm sitting in the um, inside the office, talking to Shanahan, I look at my phone, and the Packers uh, Packers number comes up. Hmm. It says Green Bay Packers on the on the caller ID on my cell phone. Wow. And I look and I showed him. He said, "See, I told you." And I had like an hour left of me being on um being on um on the on the, on the list. And they said, "All right, well, we're we're trying to book your flight out now." So I had to leave everybody up there huh, in geez. Denver while I go and I'm in camp. And I mean, not in camp, but I'm on the, um the week before the first game. I'm getting prepared to play in this game. So I had to fly my mom up and my mother-in-law up to help them pack and get everybody out and ready to school and get back to New Jersey wow, because man. I was going to be in Green Bay. Yeah, wow. That's, that's awful. That's hey, terrible. Hey, where Shady. did you live when you were in Pittsburgh, dude? Um, I live in Swickley. Oh, Swickley. Okay. All right. Uh, Mount Nebo Road, uh, two, 279 on Mount Nebo Road. <laughs> yep, I, I know exactly <laughs> where that is. Give a full address, man. Someone's yeah. going to be getting a visit today. Yeah, I know where that is. I used to live up in uh, Wexford in the North Hills. Wexford, that's a nice place, too. Oh, it was a townhouse. The area was beautiful, but I lived in a townhouse up there um, in the North Hills. And, you know, you being at, at the old Three River Stadium, did you ever go to a place called uh, Wilson's Barbecue on the north side? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you missed a treat, man. Wilson's was the some of the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, I, used to, I used to go to this place called The Phase, 
it was a little bar like tavern place. It was um had the best, I mean the best wings I've ever tasted, bro. Oh yeah. Unbelievable wings. That's making me hungry. Called the phase. It was, it was actually the phase two. He had another phase, but this is the phase two. It was in um home homewood or something like that. Homewood, yeah. Homestead. Homestead, homestead. yeah, homestead. Yeah. We're in homestead, man. So Pittsburgh was a nice place, man. Great place. They had that. They had that restaurant that was right up over the. Uh, oh, the, Mount Washington. Like, yeah, yeah, Mount Washington. Yeah. Yeah. You so take the trolley up the old trolley that the coal miners took up, and you make the walk down to the restaurant areas up there, looking yep, over the Three yep, Rivers yep. Stadium. Beautiful Great view. Restaurant, yeah. Great. Mm, yeah. And um, well, I had to bring. I had to take myself. Um, quarterback uh, used to take take his guys up there. I wasn't one of his guys, so I never got invited. I hated Pittsburgh in the winter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And plus, you know, there are more, there are less sunny days in Pittsburgh than there is in Seattle. You know, they said Seattle. Yeah. Has the, is yeah. that right? Yeah, Seattle. I, I've never Pittsburgh. heard that. Really? Yeah, Pittsburgh has more days in which cloudy days. There are oh. more cloudy days than than even Seattle. I never knew. Seattle that. has a oh. high. Okay. You know, the highest. They said the high. I thought it was the highest, but they're not. They're they're the second highest. Second only to Pittsburgh. Okay, did not know that. All right, so we have a, uh, a Phillies lineup. We keep asking who's going to be hitting fourth. All right, so you guys ready? Oh, here we go. Schwarber leads off. Yep. Hoskins still in the two hole. He's got Castellanos hitting three where oh. Harper normally would be. He's DHing. He's got Real Muto cleaning up and oh, catching. Oh. Gregorius five hole at shortstop. Herrera's playing right. Uh, so he's batting sixth. Bohm seventh. Uh, at third, you have Stott playing second base. He'll bat eighth. Moniak is in center field batting ninth, and pitching is Zach Wheeler. So that's the lineup. So your four hole is is right now is Real Muto, and I Castellanos like is in that. Yeah, I don't. I'm okay. I with like that. it. Yeah, I'm, I like it. I don't like putting Castellanos and Real Muto back to back. I just don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it, it, Derek, they got to hit, man. Period. And it doesn't exactly where they are. They have got to hit those. Oh guys. man. I'm... You get paid. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You get paid. You got to do what you got to do. You know, and and obviously they're handcuffed with Harper out there, handcuffed in terms of how they can structure this lineup. But I'd put one of those young kids higher up in the lineup and, and separate those two. Like yeah. who? Bomb? I don't know. Stott, Bomb, anyone. Wait, there's got to be better than a lot of not a lot of great options. <laughs> it's got to be better than those two back to back. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. All right, Oops, so. So lastly, just to stay on this theme here, what we've been talking about with some of these NBA contracts, uh, Russell Westbrook, who, again, the, the Lakers, I think, are, are trying desperately, were trying desperately for anybody to take him off of their hands. He is opting in as well to his Lakers contract. He will make $47.1 million in the last year of what is an albatross kind of deal for the Lakers. So, they, they, of course, the Lakers were said to be in on Kyrie, but they didn't have a whole lot to give up. You know, they're not a good team, the Lakers, unless about, they can really, really pull some magic out here. How, how about the Lakers being stuck with Westbrook when they when it was obvious the coaching staff didn't like him to the point Westbrook even questioned whether or not during the season, why are you using me this way? Why am I not being used more? Yeah. He played 78 games for him this past season, but, you know, there was like a little tension between Westbrook and the coaching staff. Yep. And the fact that he gets the last ha-ha, he gets – 47 million to go back to a geriatric team like the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, just think about it before last season, they gutted that team and everybody was wondering why they were bringing in all these guys, 33, 35, 36. Hello, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it bombed out. 
Yep. They bombed out. The Lakers team that was a, a, a contender the previous season bombed out last year. Now you're stuck with Westbrook another year for $47 million? Amazing. You know what, man? I, when, I, when I used to do, uh, what is that, fantasy? I used to do fantasy basketball. And um, I can remember, like, maybe this is when Shaq was last Shaq's last two years in the league. And I can remember uh, I was working. I was actually at uh, NFL Films where, you know, we're going through and we're going through the draft. I can remember drafting guys like, you know, Shaq. He's like at his last leg. You know, he's barely held together by bubble gum and duct tape. You know, I'm, I'm drafting him thinking, oh, yeah, I got it. I looked at my team. I mean, I had a geriatric team for real. I mean, everybody was, you know, on their last leg. I mean, it was just a bunch of, you know, guys out there with, you know, eating baby aspirins to keep from getting heart attacks, you know, <laughs> that's, how, that's how my roster looked because I didn't, I, I, I'm going from the heart, you know, saying, oh, this guy's still good. Hey, it, was, it was all, it was a turning of the guards back Gosh. then, you know, like, so uh, it was crazy, man. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. I uh, want to thank Xander Krause, producing the program. You don't want to go anywhere. You got the national football show coming up from three to six with Dan Cilio. Fellas, it was fun as always. D-Gun. B Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. Thanks to everybody in the comment section. Everybody who streamed. you couldn't see the comment section. You could those guys yeah, couldn't see it. We'll, yep. get that, we'll get that. Sorry, we'll get, people. We do need to figure that. That was weird at the beginning of the show, man. We'll, right. we'll, people just disappearing and then they're I mean, back. I don't I mean, know, man. Rob, Rob can see the comment section. I still have an issue with that, but we <laughs> couldn't bear it. I'm just saying. Just you know, saying. there's some this conspiracy behind. I'm gonna it. plead ignorance. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I think I think Rob and Xander in cahoots. That's what I think it is. <laughs> Trying to sabotage you two. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's for sure. Um, all right. Well, tell a friend. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time. Have a maybe. great, great maybe. maybe we'll see. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.